Uh, so current temperature is six degrees. Where do I got that here? Six degrees. This will be a colder start because I had somebody comment on my last cold start that it wasn't cold enough. Well, this might be as cold as it gets here. So let's do a colder start. All right. Guy's getting into his Nissan Titan. Snow on the ground. You see my breath in the truck. A lot of water frozen. All right. That's fire in the hole. I'm not going to warm up the glow plugs first or anything. Let's just see what she's got. There she goes. That's it. No drama. Like a freaking champ. Every time. Guys are always posting stuff like cold start, cold start. And I thought, same thing this guy right here. Colder start. Yeah, I, Six what, degrees. I, I guess that's a thing. I mean, it's 90 outside right now, so no, I can't I, really I know. I, I just happened upon this relate. video. It just it popped up on my YouTube feed, and this guy named Adam uh, D., he's a big uh, Titan fan. Oh, cool. And uh, has a really cool uh, Silver XD. I think it's a 2016 uh, Silver XD. I, just what he said on the video. Somebody clowned him and said, hey, uh, yeah, that's not a cold start. It was like it was like <laughs> 50 degrees. Do a real cold. So he waited till it was 6 degrees <laughs> and then had a cold start. But, yeah, that is a total thing nowadays with supercars Diesel trucks. Cold start startup videos? Cold Dude, go on YouTube and type I don't have this cold much time start. in my day to go. So do they also have, like, blinker sounds? No, but I'm how, telling you how cold. How fast your heated steering wheel? Well, once you find cold start videos, you just it's, can't, just, you, it's, a, if an, it's an avalanche. You cannot oh get out God. from under. I don't know if I have the kind of time to even type that into Google right now. <laughs> I mean, what, what would happen if I spent my next three days looking there at cold start videos? There are a lot. Any, any kind of car you can imagine, there's a cold start. Who are we talking to that had a... Uh, a diesel truck up in Canada, and they're saying they don't even turn them off for six months uh, because it gets so cold. I, was it Canada or was it the guy? It was Canada. It was in the oil okay. fields in Canada, yeah. Mm. Anyway, uh, I was amazed. Oh, we, we let it run six months straight. I'm oh just saying God. this Nissan, strong. No yeah. problem. It's like, I got you. What, minus six? No problem. Well, all right. Let's see you at zero. <laughs> right? Boom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, we're back in studio. It's been a, uh, a crazy... You guys won't know because we were able to get the shows out on time, but but uh, Lightning and I have been uh, on the road and out and about, so we're happy to be back. And, we're uh, on the road again. No, don't no, do that. No, don't sing. No, no. I think we're on a boat, both of us. Uh, right? We were on a boat, yes. On a couple of boats. So anyway, before we get into the show, we got a, a ton of stuff to talk about today. We just wanted to uh, thank our presenting sponsor, Nissan, and their awesome Titan and Titan XD lineup. That do sweet cold starts. <laughs> it also offered the industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty on all of their uh, new Titan trucks, which is pretty awesome. And then don't forget that little uh, Frontier. Yeah. It's, it's the redesigned one's coming out, and I've heard really good things well, about so it. So what's the date on that, by the way? Uh, I believe it's next year. Next year meaning first quarter or fourth quarter? Uh, we'll see stuff, I think, um, early to mid-next year. Okay. And uh, it's uh, I, I thought I'd heard that it's outselling... Some of the new trucks out there that are brand new. Really? Well, it's a tough little truck. It's an honest little truck. It doesn't have a lot of doodads and frou-frou on it. Uh-huh. Frou-frou? <laughs> is, that a, is that a technical term? It, it is. And, uh, is it, it foo-foo or frou-frou I'm, with an well, R? Wh- whichever. Okay. Whichever. I think they're interchangeable. All right. Uh, but yeah, the the, uh, little, the little Frontier is going strong. So the market definitely is ready for the new Frontier, but I still laugh because people are like, Man, that thing is like one of the best-selling mid-sized trucks out but there. But I just it, and you have Rangers and Tacomas. Yeah, but but those are they're, they're more expensive, right? Yeah, they're more expensive. And if you want something, you can just literally 
just abuse. It is a truck. Well, it's a tough. It yeah, it is a blunt instrument. It is. You a, know what I mean? Yeah, it is a tough, tough little truck. And uh, I recently, I think we talked about it a few episodes ago. I had the base model, which was a nineteen thousand dollar brand new truck with a four cylinder, five speed king cab. Yep. Put a nice radio in it, you're done. Like it was fine. It was it was amazing. Can you get an upgraded radio on the frontier? You can, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Right. I'm just saying on the base base model. Oh, I see. Like, right. I, yeah. I think the option were uh, all weather floor mats or something like that. You know, <laughs> and it was like under twenty grand. I'm gonna spring. I'm gonna go crazy with my all weather floor mats. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't even think. Yeah, well, that one might have had a bed liner in it. I can't remember. Anyway, I was I was impressed for being you know as old as the platform is. It's it was quiet enough. It was road good. It was you know peppy enough. It was just it was fine. For twenty grand, that's got to be one of the best buys for twenty grand on the market. You can, it's hard to find a used truck, yeah, for, truck 20 for twenty. Grand. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and you have a decent amount of payload and right. gets decent fuel economy. Like, go have a truck. And if you put a decked system in the frontier, yeah, yeah that's it. That, you, you don't need anything. Else. Oh, I got to show you this photo. All right, let me get my phone really Uh-oh. quick here. Uh-oh. I want to show you this photo. All right. Meanwhile, while while Lightning's looking at that, if you are in the market for a uh, new pickup truck, head on over to your Nissan dealer or check out NissanUSA.com. And uh, of course, we're talking about decked. Decked, our associate sponsor, who makes really awesome and uh, rugged cargo-carrying drawers for the back of your truck. Lightning is uh, pulling up a okay, picture here. Okay, here we go. This is my buddy's. Uh-huh. Uh, he's an electrician okay. at a uh, local Orange County uh, electrical firm, and okay. they do uh, high-rises and all stuff. And this is the back of his work truck. Tell me what is in the back of his work truck. Uh, really crappy cargo drawers. Right. That he made out of plywood. Exactly. That are being held together with like some unistrut. extruded aluminum. No, it's a piece of unistrut along is? the back. Yeah, with with locks. And I, and I look at him and I go, we need to get you a deck, I dude. said, you know we're kind of quasi-spokesmen <laughs> for decked, right? Yeah. You li- And he listens to the podcast. He goes, well, yeah. And I go, you have no excuse. This is janky, dude. <laughs> it's pretty janky. Janky. Put that up on our social and say this guy needs a deck system. Maybe decked will throw in his way. I, I'm like, Brosif. Brosif, <laughs> come on right. now. Oh, All right. Man. Now I'm just too upset to start the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we better do it anyway. Right. Decked.com. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with truck show we have the lifted we have the lowered and everything in between we'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline the truck show the truck show the truck show it's the truck show with your hosts lightning and holman are we ready i don't know i feel like we've been gone for two weeks uh, you know where I am, though? Our our listeners won't know that. I we will. am. I am. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. You were yeah. on a boat. Look at me. Yeah. Sailing on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Yeah. I was on a houseboat. Yeah, what happened to, did you say you sunk a jet ski while you were out there? <laughs> that, did I do I remember hearing that? Uh, I didn't sink a jet ski, although someone that I was with sunk a jet sunk uh, two jet skis. Did you? A Sea-Doo and a Honda. Did you have turbo. those on your rental agreement? No. No, those were <laughs> privately owned. Oh, oh, he sunk two privately owned uh, of, his, of his own, yes. And then, well, how we, do you do two? Uh, so, all right, I went with a, a, a great. It was my family, another family, eight of us, me, the wife, two kids, them. Uh, it was a one of a former Miss Double December of oh, the Kevin yes. and Mean Show, uh-huh. yes, and yeah. her husband and their two boys, and we went halvesies on a houseboat in Lake Powell. Cool. So they have a house in. Have gone for longer than a week. Yeah, a week and a couple days. 
they went out early and went mm-hmm. to their house in Havasu and got their sea dews, but bef- they wanted to get them out on the lake and test them out, make sure they were all blowing the cobwebs out. Uh-huh. And at one uh, You point- can especially uh, get them out if you sink it, if you bathe the uh, sea dew underwater. I hear right. the cobwebs wash right exactly out Exactly what happened. <laughs> oh so gosh. at some point, she and her son were on it in the- I don't know where they were in the lake, but they turned it over and didn't know how to flip it back up, right side it up, and oh, it glug, sunk. Glug, glug, Not all the way, glug. but it sunk so the nose was sticking out, and it cost them uh, many hundreds of dollars to have that uh, drained uh, well, and, and repaired. Say, yeah, right? so, but it worked flawlessly. They got it back, and we met them in, in Lake Powell, okay. and we were staging all of our equipment, getting ready all of our gear and whatnot to get on the houseboat. We had offloaded. I had a, uh, a buddy's boat. I had a 22-foot, uh, like a Monterey or something, just perfect size for pulling behind the houseboat. And they brought the two skis. Now, did you drive your houseboat to different coves? Like, how does that work? We did, and I'll get to that. All right. So this is the first day. I went to the ramp, got the boat in the water. Did you do the they thing the where skis. you backed your uh, boat into the water? And then your mini wasn't able to pull it out, and the whole thing sunk. And now you sunk a mini, and you need a truck. No, oh. see, I I stole one of our dualies from work. Ah, yes. Uh-huh. Oh, great! An 07 Ram 67. I love it so. Did much. Did you get water up to the back crew cab door opening? Negative. Oh, I I job. do know how to uh, to launch, launch a boat. boat. Yes, I, I am familiar with that concept. Okay. And I have not sunken a a boat or hold a, on. Uh, yeah, knocking on, on wood. wood. <laughs> we we get the boat and the two skis, and we put them in a couple slips. Down, I don't know, let's call it 200 yards from the houseboat okay. where we're loading our equipment on. And we're going about putting our duffel bags on, the whole thing. And a dock worker runs over and says, Hey, um, you guys own those jet skis? Uh, yeah, why? He goes, Well, one of them sunk. <laughs> like, what? So we all go booking. Uh-huh. It's not the Honda that sunk in Havasu. It's the Sea-Doo. It's the Sea-Doo. It's the supercharged Sea-Doo three-seater. It sunk while at dock. While at dock. And it's uh-huh. got about six inches of the nose poking out of the water, uh-huh. and it's being held by the ropes. See, I'm not a jet ski guy. Right? Right? I've never. That's not my. That's not my jam. So I didn't even know that it was uh, that you could sink those things. It's all hands on deck at this point. Uh-huh. We are pulling all the lines, trying to get it up, uh-huh. and none of us are strong enough. None of us. We, it's that's so like heavy. Boston Whalers because you basically can't sink them. Uh, well, you're, they're not supposed to be able to sink them. We must have spent an hour trying All to right, pull it up. I'm going to the lake in a whaler. I'd screw <laughs> screw sea <laughs> dudes and, and uh, jet skis. I'm going in a 17 yeah. foot Montauk. That's where. That's how I'm going to roll. We up ended the, uh, up uh, getting this uh, this guy Craig, who was a uh, a jet ski repair guy for the rental jet skis uh-huh. that they have, and he comes over and he's like straight out of Jersey Shore. He's got some some flame tattoos on his arm, yeah. and, he, and he's- Was 1990 he's just, Colin? Yeah. Oh, he's got dicky shorts that are all the way down with meet his socks. Uh, black socks? Right? Uh, they were not black socks. Oh. That would have been 909 out here. That's true. He was kind of got the Jersey Shore thing, and he kind of had that uh, New Jersey accent as yeah. well. And he pulls out his little boat, and he side ties. Uh, we were able to get the jet ski over enough to his boat. We side tied, and we bring it over to one of those- um, Dry dock where it's got these two inflatable yep. giant and it lifts sizes, it up. and it lifts it up, yep. and we drained it out. And it Ooh, turns out, speaking of dry dock, after your story, I got one for you. Okay. Go ahead. Turns out that there is a fitting on the back of the sea dew that was missing. Open? No, no. Everything was on. The plug was in. Everything was right. Wow. It was a rubber gasket that fits against the body uh-huh. of the back by the jet. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If it was a fill port or what it was, but. It, this gasket squeezed out, yeah. and water was able to get around this tube and into the hull. Oh, interesting! And and sunk it over the course of a couple of hours while we were loading, <laughs> and so drove it up to leave at a jet ski repair place. 
And the nice people- By the people, way, did you know or did you have to yelp for jet ski repair? No. So the, everyone saw what was going on. And said, you have to go to that guy? And they said, no, there was only one guy in well, town. Well, that was going to be my next question. Is, and they're affiliated with this rental place where we were getting ooh, the so house. They're getting a spiff. They're getting a spiff, but so they felt bad. that kid came by- Uncorked the back of the ski and then gave you the card for his buddy shop. That's <laughs> yeah. basically what happened. Well, but they gave us a free ski. They felt bad oh, for us. So right. they gave us a free ski. And then offered rent to own. <laughs> unfortunately, that ski that they let us borrow had a bad alternator and we got stranded out on the lake and we had to tow that one Then back. did they feel really bad and give you yours back fixed? Or? That sounds it like was, a lot of fun. It, it was a lot of adventure. Yeah. A lot of adventure. And that was day one. That was that was day zero. We weren't even <laughs> out on the lake yet. But I will say this, uh-huh. that if you have the opportunity to go to Lake Powell, whether it's just on a boat for a day or it's on a houseboat for a week, it is unlike any other lake. And Are you inviting our few. listeners to join you on vacation next I'm year? I'm not at all. <laughs> I was just, not even close. I was checking. I thought you were going toward <laughs> we should have a contest uh, to be on a houseboat with lightning for a week. This it's like being on Mars if Mars had water. It's just so unusual. It's nothing <laughs> and like oxygen and yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, and... Exactly. <laughs> but the landscape is just so bizarre. Uh-huh. And you're cruising along and you've got these What was the lake level at? Because I remember like ten years high. ago it was low, but we had all those rains and we've had a really wet couple of winters. And I remember uh before all the docks were like on the bottom. Right, it, they are still low, yeah. but it's much higher than it was. So, can you see the old water level? Still? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, the okay. old, the original water level from like ten years yeah. ago is eighty foot up. Oh, it's that that high up. However, wow. where we were, everyone was very pleased. Like all the yeah. locals were saying, "Oh, it's way up." Yeah. So no no sandbar issues with the boat. And all no. That as a matter of fact, there's an area called the Cut, uh-huh. which allows you to they just dredge this sure. portion that allows us to get into Padre Bay. So shaving off three hours from our trip. Instead of going, okay, some, I don't know, yeah, I, some circuitous route. My first time there, whatever. I will just say this: it is so beautiful. It's so unlike any other place that I've been. It, Do you have Wi-Fi on your boat? Mm, no, I didn't. Did you have TV? Although I did have reception in some places because okay. the Waweep Marina uh-huh. has a couple of cell towers, and we we're able to reach it in certain places on. Interesting. Uh, what did on you the river. and your family do without TV or Wi-Fi? Did you talk to each other? We had video games. <laughs> I mean, we had a 50-inch widescreen, and so we did right. play some video games. But we limited the the the, uh-huh. uh, the video game play. So how how long were you guys able to talk to each other before everybody stared and grabbed their devices? Oh, no, we were good, dude. Wow. Yeah, we were, we were good. It's like family bonding. I'm proud we of you. We had broken the, the digital tether. Well, and you, you had uh, emailed me prior to or texted me prior to you leaving and say, uh, this is it. So for those of you who are listening, um, we banked a couple episodes. And then we put them together, knowing that I would be gone and knowing that Lightning would be gone. And you were trying to upload with minimal Wi-Fi the day you left and finally got it to me. We were able to get last week's episode up. That, okay, so that last episode that you guys heard was uploaded. Miracle. From the dock. <laughs> right. And I was hardlined but On into, their into internet. The, yeah, yeah. Onto the, so where they do the rentals. The things we do for you guys. I was sitting <laughs> in, the, in the manager's office yeah. and she unplugged her computer so I could put it into my laptop. So she wasn't able to ring people in on there. <laughs> I'm no joke. For how long? They were very courteous. I must have taken me 45 minutes to oh upload. Oh, my gosh. Normally our uploads are like 15, 10 minutes, something like that. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, for my house, it takes me five minutes yeah, to upload. No right. no big deal. But it was just so When slow. you picked up the phone, it was like, <laughs> Mom, I'm on the phone <laughs> trying, to, trying to put the podcast up. No, no, no. no that, <laughs> okay. that, that No issues there. I mean- it, 
it's mom uh, i'm on aol <laughs> i didn't have the dial-up modem you had the little guy the walking background. across the screen like we did as you've as got mail <laughs> none of that stuff i will i just um well, i'm glad you're back i didn't post many pictures uh the family w- when no. I, that i was there you were, with. you were well behaved you I, I didn't hardly see any social i didn't see hardly they any were emails. doing all the social so the other family was doing all the social and tagging me yeah so i was okay with that yeah no I, I'm, I'm just saying that you were actually unplugged which uh you probably need it uh, dude, I'm, I'm in a tank top now. Yeah, I know Look, you I are. I got some yeah. tan going yeah, on. You yeah, see you that? Yeah, your uh, your tattoo is actually disappearing into your arm. You're so dark <laughs> right? right now. Yeah. All right. Well, so that is my Lake Powell adventure. Well, and uh, it well, was just uh, crazy. welcome back. Yeah, and uh, glad glad you had fun. Uh, I was out as well. I went to Orlando, lovely Orlando this time of year. Oh, that's a lie. Um, and hot and muggy. <laughs> oh, dude, it was like it was so funny. We had one day it said outside temperature was 90 degrees. 100% rain because we had a massive thunderstorm come through. And I looked on the app and it says, feels like 101. <laughs> was it worse than Daytona? Way worse. Oh, oh Daytona was like Hawaiian compared to oh Orlando God. last week. It was awful. But How, Why do people? Why do so many people live there? <laughs> well, here's the thing is every day there's a massive thunderstorm. Every day we had rain. Every day there's a thunderstorm. But it wasn't like an hour. It was like five hours. And you're thinking all the roller coasters that are around there, the SeaWorld, all the, everything shuts down. And you're looking across this like Orlando like landscape from the hotel, and you see all these like theme parks, and none of them are doing anything because there's lightning hitting stuff. Oh my know? god! Just, uh, it was it was. And wild. meanwhile, in Southern California, it's, it's like seventy nine yeah. degrees, a breeze, uh, and yeah. not a cloud in the sky. Yeah. Why did I go there? Oh, uh, so I went there for podcast movement, which is like the uh, I don't know podcast industry sort of has a conference. And there. When did you get so podcasty? Uh, when you, when we you, started this? thing? No, but you're now you're geeky about it. Yeah, I am geeky about it because it's, it's interesting. It's it's uh it's been kind of fun to learn about it and meet some more podcasts. And you ran out into there. some of my friends from radio. So what's hilarious is I wore my uh, my my uh, shop shirt that has our patches on it. And I had two different guys walk up and go, oh, dude, Truck Show Podcast, Truck Show Podcast. And I went, yeah. They go, do you know Jay? <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're old radio guys that had gotten into podcasting, recognized the logo. Uh, both of them I talked to for a fair amount of time. Uh, one of your friends will uh, will be talking to you some more about some podcast stuff. But it, okay. was really, it was really interesting. And then I had some Australians come up to me. I might... Um, I love your logo. <laughs> you really? Know? Oh, yeah, and they costed me for about 45 minutes based on our Truck Show Podcast logo on the shirt, and we talked about Australian podcasting and stuff like that. It was actually kind of kind of entertaining. Uh, anybody who knows me knows I have, like, an unnatural fascination with Australians. Sure. And so for me, it was like, oh, it was awesome just talking to you. I love Australians. I love drinking with them. And what did out. you learn by going to this convention uh, for half a week? Uh, it was great. I learned all sorts of stuff about uh, about our show, things we could be doing better. Uh, th- <laughs> things that we're doing well. well uh, I've got a list of a hundred items. <laughs> yeah, well, I, mean, I know we better. just need, we just need time. It, it starts with new hosts. Oh uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I think they like us. I think I think uh, our horribleness mm. is endearing to them now. Do you think so? Uh, but that's not the best part of the trip. That was just what what got me out there. You may remember uh, a a while back a listener of ours, uh, Lieutenant Stephen Hux. And we had. Was this the guy that has something to do with a submarine? He uh, sent us an email saying, "My truck, uh, my work truck, is bigger than yours." And it was a picture of him driving a uh, Ohio-class nuclear uh, ballistic missile submarine. Okay. And he had extended the invite out to us, and he said, uh, "If you guys are out this way, we'd love to give you a tour." And I said, "Okay." And we weren't able to do it at Daytona because our trip was too short. And I said, "Hey, I'm going to be out in Orlando." Uh, Kings Bay, Georgia, where their base is three hours north. Uh, here's my date. He goes, let's do it. 
And so I was able to go and meet him. Uh, by the way, we sent him a ton of swag from from uh, Motor Trend Group and all the off-road magazines and everything, truck show podcast stickers, all this stuff, uh, to a boat that had gone out. And for those of you who aren't familiar with how the Navy works, most most of the times you go out on a uh, on a ship and you do ports of call and you visit all these amazing locations around the world. Not if you're a submariner. Once you're out, you're out. You're, well, not on the boomers, they go and they patrol, and they are hidden for 70, 90-plus days on a, on mission. So whatever they have with them, that's it. So the podcast is really important to these guys because they download it before they go, and then, of course, magazines and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, I said, hey, I'm going to be out these dates. Says, I, I've, you send me this information. I'll get you uh, security clearance. Let's do it. And so I drove up to Kings Bay, met with him. Amazing guy. Yeah. Awesome, just an awesome listener, and it was funny because uh, – uh, we'd become friends on social, and so I kind of felt like I knew a little bit about him, and he felt like he knew about us from the show, and so you get this kind of weird uh, dynamic. But uh, we we walk out, and I was on the one of the most secure uh, places on the base, and right when we got to did the, you get a little hello? My name is no, uh, but I had a, a red that must be escorted badge. Oh, okay. and he says, uh, by the way, there's a bunch. This is where. You know, the nuclear ballistic missile subs. This is one of the most secure bases in the United States. We got clearance for you to come, but be careful. Follow my lead, and there are a bunch of trigger finger, uh, trigger trigger happy happy, uh, 18-year-old Marines guarding this thing. And so we get down to the dock, and as we are getting them, one of the subs is coming in from uh, being out on on deployment. And so you got to watch the tugs and everything, push it in. There was a- uh, How big is this thing? 560 feet. So if you think about that, it's only 40 feet shorter than two football fields back-to-back. <laughs> wow. Or it's 60 feet longer than two 747 eyes park nose to tail. Oh, my God. And so we watched- What does any idea with something like that weighs? It carries 24 uh, D5 uh, ballistic missiles. Each one of those has eight independently uh, targetable warheads. <laughs> he said when one of those boats goes out, it is the ninth more, most powerful country in the world. One of those no boats. way. Yes. So he showed me, he said, over there is where the nukes go. You're not going there. So okay. don't even think about it. Okay. But that's why we're not going there. Uh, but he said, uh, yeah, I, I, we were hoping we timed this. So, you know, this boat, the sub was coming in. I said, oh, awesome. And he goes, uh, come this way. He had something else I want to show you. And we walk into, uh, I want to say, the largest covered dry dock in uh, the Northern Hemisphere. And there she was, the USS Tennessee, 560 feet long in all of her glory in dry dock. And he goes, we're going to go check that out. And not only did we walk along the whole top were of it. Were you nervous? Heck yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, who? Why? Why me? Why? How, how do I get? I mean, this is literally the one of the most important pieces of equipment in the U.S. military, period, right? This is the thing that keeps us all safe because the bad guys don't know where we are. And to see it in dry dock on a scale outside of the water is something special, but- I got to go inside. 560 feet. Oh, dude, it's is huge. Enormous. So walked from walked as far as we could from nose to tail, and he goes, oh, "We're going inside." I'm like, "What?" Uh, so he took me all the places that he was able to. Saw some really cool diesel engines that they use when the. Did uh, you have to sign anything, or I had to? I had to go through some hoops. Uncle Sam needed to check me out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like they do a background check and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I okay. sent send all my info and make sure that I was a, a clean citizen, I guess, and right. and worthy of of the opportunity. I had a chance to sit at the, there's the helmsman and the planesman. One of them does uh, up and down, and one of them does uh, right and left. And there's another guy who does the uh, the buoyancy of the submarine at a panel. And then where Lieutenant Hux is, when the captain's not steering the ship or controlling it, is on the con behind them. He's the guy who's there with the periscopes and stuff. Got to stand there. Got to sit where he drive. 
got to see all sorts of stuff that I was blown away. And he, at the end, he's like, oh, you know, we probably spent three hours on the boat oh crawling around. God. Oh, dude, like it wasn't like, hey, check it out. Okay, now get out of here, kid. Uh, it was this thing. How many stories are there? Within? I think it's four if you don't include the sail. Wow, four decks. Yeah, four decks. And so we were climbing down, and he's like, these certain areas are, are off limits. We can't go there. But I saw the mess. I saw, by the way, all Navy boats, so what, as a Boy Scout, you're also a Boy Scout. When yep. you're a scout, one of the big field trips you can go to is the Navy base. Yes. And I'm sure you've been on naval ships before, and yes. as, a, has a, as have I as a kid. Uh, they always smell like bacon. Like, I, and I, we I, walked, I don't remember that smell. Uh, we walked by the mess and freaking bacon. I go, dude, it smells like bacon. He goes, man, we go through a lot of that here. <laughs> but I, I saw everything like the refrigerators where they keep the food, the bunks, the officer quarters, the con, the uh, the engine room. I just We walked all over the missile tubes. I mean, just unbelievable. So you didn't see the warheads? No, I wasn't allowed to do that. Although okay. we went to where they have a static display on the base and I got to take pictures in front of the warheads okay. or in front of the uh, missiles like uh, that were out there. Uh, they launch both Tomahawks and the big ballistic missiles. There's the uh, Boomers, which are the nuke boats, and then the ones that have been converted into uh, basically missile trucks uh, for Tomahawks and stuff like that. And at the end, he's like, is there anything else you want to see? And I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know what you haven't shown me. Like, I, you know. And, uh, and he, as thorough as he could have been, he let me uh, go through it. He showed me a bunch of stuff. It was unbelievable uh, what these guys do, the military. I mean, it just gave me so much appreciation. Um, the, the guys on board were, were awesome. And I'm sure they're all looking at me like, who's this dude walking around our boat, you know? But right. uh, they're still working on it while it's in dry dock and it's getting a you know, new coat of paint and stuff. What do you and- suppose a sub like that cost the government to uh, it was I, I think it's something like $2.5 billion or something. So like two football stadiums. <laughs> right. And and they have like, I don't know, 16 of them or something like that, whatever the number is. So you went to Florida uh-huh. and you told- And Georgia. Yeah, and Georgia. <laughs> and you told everyone, I'm going for work, but really it was just- an, just, No, this was work. So I had several days of work for podcasts, yes. and then I met a podcast listener and got a recording. So that it's all legit. Oh, you did? Yeah, I got a recording of, of what we did. And I will say the best part of the whole trip, I, I think it's on the audio I sent you. And uh, keep in mind, we were in all these classified areas and places that the average person isn't going to get. So I didn't want to, I did, A, didn't have my phone recorder with yeah. me, right? Uh, and so at the end of the day, I'm like, hey, can we just do a quick like five minutes just to, to recap? He's like, yeah, no problem. And so it was pouring rain. So we had to go find an office in like a non-secured part of the base. So this is where you're supposed to say I sat in a truck and we did the interview in a truck. We tried. We tried. And he's got a, a Chevy Silverado 1500. By the way, he's a displaced uh, Titan owner. There's a whole story behind that. What? Yeah. Uh, hurricanes and all sorts of stuff. Anyway, he's looking to get back into a Titan at some point. Okay. True story. Really? Yeah. But the, did he did he have the uh, the V8 or did he have the uh, the diesel? Yeah, the V8. He had, he had a last generation Titan. Okay, got it. Uh, but he had a uh, a five three uh, V8 Silverado, which is what at the t- whatever. And so we were in the truck doing the uh, the recording. The rain was going so hard and so strong, we couldn't even see like ten feet in front of the truck. He's like, I'm like, dude, is there, is there an office we can do? Because yeah, we'll, we'll go find a place. So that's why uh, the the audio is probably not super great, but I I wanted to get this on here. All right, so uh, this is Holman and. Uh, I don't even know what I can say. This is uh, this has been an amazing day and lighting. I'm sorry that you missed it. Uh, I'm with uh, our friend Lieutenant Stephen Hux, who uh, is our friend from the Navy. If you guys remember, we sent a care package to one of the Ohio class uh, boats that that went out, one of the submarines, and he had given us an open invitation and said, "You guys need to come out, and I'll give you a private tour of the base." And uh, Lightning, you're on vacation, and guess where I am? I'm in Kings Bay, Georgia, with Lieutenant Hux. Dude, what can we talk about? I don't even know what we can talk about. Well, we got to go down all along the waterfront. We got to go see one of our units in our dry dock here. Uh, 
unfortunately, Lightning, you didn't get to stand underneath a submarine. But, you know, <laughs> oh, I went under it. <laughs> I'm just saying. So I, Lightning, this is my moment of bragging. You know how much I love the military. You know how much I love any type of machinery. Um, today, I got to walk underneath a submarine. Yeah, uh, probably one of those one-in-a-lifetime experiences you'll, you'll never be able to have again, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure the lake house was great. Like, yeah, I'm hoping you're having a great time. I uh, hope that houseboat on Lake Powell is serving you well. Uh, I stood next to. Uh, you might have been having more fun at that exact dude, moment. It was amazing when I was trying to moor the uh, <laughs> the rope, houseboat, moor the uh, the houseboat down, and it was trying to blow away. And it was. <laughs> Yes. Uh, uh, some pretty powerful things. I was uh, on a boat with a, uh, a nuclear reactor, which was uh, which was awesome. Uh, also stood near missile tubes. I uh, got to uh, check out the sail. Uh, got to walk through. I actually got to sit in the seat where you uh, where you steer and drive and dive and all that fun stuff on the boat. I'm I'm in heaven. I don't even know what to say. Oh, don't forget the other two warships you got to go on that he didn't. Uh, yeah, we got to go on a on a coasty uh, on a coasty ship out here as well. Now, why is he ganging up on me as well? Why is he like, and you didn't? Because he uh, he was uh, hurt that you didn't uh, take him up on his invitation. It's not that I didn't want to. It's it was very. You planned it without me. No, you're on vacation. I can't help when you go on vacation. But you could have gone another time. We could have gone during Daytona. It wasn't long enough. Sorry. Well, is uh, one of the uh, supply ships that is uh, that's out here uh, to support the submarine activities. And uh, lightning one of these, uh, we'll call them missile trucks, uh, you know, in, in line with the Truck Show podcast, uh, is 560 feet long. Um, I'm going to do the measurements and figure out what that is. But I figure if your mini is, let's call it, I don't know, like 10 feet long, it's like 56 minis in a row. You don't have to always bring it back to the freaking mini. Why? Come on. Why? Come it's on. Funny. Come on 56 now. minis. <laughs> Come on. Bro. And um, it's just uh, your mini would have been dwarfed. I don't even know if we'd even be able to, to see it in the dry dock. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, maybe if you had a truck, you'd understand. <laughs> oh, oh, dude, 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 you're a it up on you. Now. Oh, by the way, out here in Georgia, there are so many trucks. They're lifted. They're they're lifted. They're mostly lifted. Um, it's everybody here has a truck on base, and it was like the cool truck show. Uh, Jeep regular cab pickup trucks and Super Duties and GMCs and Chevys and Rams and of course Nissan Titans. And everybody has an exhaust, big wheels and tires. And so uh, I guess that's another reason we love the military. Um, I can tell you that. Um, like other ships I've had a chance to visit, the mess hall on a Ohio class submarine smells like bacon. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much a staple down here. Uh, I mean, happiness can only be found in the galley sometimes. I can't tell you guys how amazing this is. I've we've literally been working on this for about a year. I was out on uh, in Florida on business, and uh, and Lieutenant Hux invited me up and said, "Hey, you got to come up to Kings Bay and." Uh, amazing experience took me through the whole facility, um, but definitely the the highlight of the tour was seeing a uh, Ohio class in dry dock and getting to walk basically uh, the entire boat, save for the classified areas, of course. Uh, those were under embargo, <laughs> and I, I, I can't we can't talk about too much because uh, we had a had a good time on the boat. But 
being able to sit on on the bridge to uh, to check out the sail, to walk on top of it, and to walk under it and touch the bottom of a submarine out of the water, definitely one of the coolest things I think I've ever done. So uh, I wanted to rub it in your face, Light, because uh, we're missing you here. You could have had a ton of fun, uh, but of course you were on vacation. Uh, I, I took the bullet or the, let's call it the Trident missile for the team and <laughs> came out here. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you to, to uh, Lieutenant Hux because just an unbelievable experience. And I know we've been working on this for a while, but I, I just wanted to say thank you for having me out because um, I, I don't even, there's things I saw today that I will never be able to correctly describe the enormity or the awesomeness. There isn't enough vocabulary words for how cool today was. Yeah, I'm just glad to finally have a chance to get you down here. Uh, you know, appreciate everything that you do out there. It seems, you know, small that it's just, oh, it's a magazine, it's this, that, but really that's, sometimes our only connection to the real world while we're out there. So uh, the fact that you can download you know, and binge listen to podcasts underway or people can even send you uh, care packages with new magazines, things like that, to see what's going on in the world, you know, that makes a huge impact. And it's awesome for you to be able to see that impact down here. Amazing. Thanks so much. And uh, can we do this again sometime? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, but I do have to ask, would you say the tour was uh, five-star worthy? Oh, it was five star. Five stars. <laughs> All right, hold on. We got, we got to do, do it together and we got to do it right. All right. All right. One, two, three. Five stars. All right. So uh, five stars here from uh, Kings Bay, Georgia, the, uh, the naval submarine base here. Amazing experience. And to all of our uh, men and women in the military and, of course, our police officers and everybody out there who listens to the podcast, um, uh, both want to say thank you to everybody and also truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to give me an experience to top this one, it's going to be very <laughs> difficult unless you're launching things into space. So uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's it here from uh, from Georgia. And again, uh, amazing. And sorry you're not here late. <laughs> you were not sorry about that at all. Uh, well, actually, I was a little bit sorry because I, I – I, uh, here's the problem though. I think you would have gotten into trouble. I think you would have um, gone somewhere you weren't supposed to. Mm-hmm. I think if I didn't have the monkey backpack on you, you would have uh, wandered into some classified oh, areas. How dare you think um, that about me? And uh, I would worry about your well-being. So it's probably best. I will tell you, as I walked under the submarine in dry dock and touched the bottom, it took every fiber of my being not to leave a little drawing on the bottom side of it. <laughs> <laughs> Wiener. Uh, I wanted to so nuts. bad. I'm like, is that? It's funny, but is it really worth it? Probably not. <laughs> how... How how wide is that? Forty two feet. Forty two feet wide. It has a the uh, the draft right when they go into a harbor is deeper than an aircraft carrier. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's the, I'm telling you, the enormity of this thing. So just, you know what? It is weird that you went on a kind of a quasi mini vacation uh, for a few days. Yeah, not really a vacation, and, and but okay. Y- and you were having a hard time. You were in awe. I was in awe, and I was also in awe. Uh huh. At Lake Powell. Were you also driving a 56-story building sideways underwater without windows uh, powered by a nuclear reactor? No, mine was- Could 70- you end the world on your mine trip? Was, I could have ended the world, <laughs> yes. <laughs> For my family, yes. Uh, all right, I, I think we, uh, we've we got our friend uh, Jim Flowers from Bubba Rope coming on to talk about some cool recovery gear. What now, we, uh, uh, so we're, we're segueing into- uh, The uh, actual show? Into the actual <laughs> show. We're talking about content, uh, yeah, uh, truck stuff. I remember seeing Bubba Rope at uh, Off-Road Expo the first time, and I thought, uh-huh. who would need rope like that enormous? Yeah. And that, and that stretchy. I know. Submarine. Yep, yep submarine. <laughs> no, guys. They're, with- they're moored to the, uh, the pier with Bubba Rope. 
I don't think they are. Are they? Uh, well, I think Bubba Rope has some marine uh, uh, applications. Route. Well, I think I think that's where that all came from is the marine side of the. Uh, well, let's, interesting. Let's dial up and find out. Let's talk to uh, Jim Flowers. Are, are we ready with the uh, intro? Because uh, we always yes. forget the intro. Well, here I'll do a test. You ready? All right. Uh, that's all right, what you right. get. Okay. Okay, so that's fine. Are, are, did you unglitch your computer? Because last time we had a lot of issues. Restarted before we got here today. Okay. Hey, we're we're like two for two already. We're ahead. All right. We're going to call Jim Flowers, president of Bubba Rope. Jim? Yes. It's Lightning and Holman for the Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? I am just doing fantastic. Thanks for the call. Absolutely. Hold on one moment. We have an intro for you. Welcome to the parts department. Screw. Nut. Filter. Oil. Grill. Tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts, and your wife warns you not to, don't you spend our money, and then you'll want to come back. So Jim, we're in the parts department, you're selling us parts, and typically our wives are not happy that we're spending money, but in this case, you're getting us out of sticky situations, so I think she uh, is appreciative. Literally sticky situations and stucks and things like that. Do you think you could hook up one of Jim's ropes to uh, your wife and have her pull you out of a predicament? Uh, so, uh, so Jim, let's talk about Bubba Rope, and uh, you've been on the scene for a while now, and uh, what's interesting about your product, and now you, you guys were the innovators in the space, right? Because there's a lot of competitors that have sort of uh, come out and uh, are trying to do what you're doing, but... You can tell the genuine product uh, from the knockoffs because you kind of have a proprietary process that you use on your product. Well, yes, and, and uh, thank you for that. Yeah, we, we came out with the whole idea of uh, a power stretch rope versus a strap for recovery, but we weren't the first uh, ones to come up with this idea. It's actually, it came out of uh, Britain during the Second World War. They were the first to use a braided nylon rope. They realized nylon stretched really well. And that gave, uh, you know, added to the energy to, to get you unstuck. So it goes way back till then. But, um, of course, today's double braid rope that we came up with was, is much different, a little bit stronger, lasts longer, and, and um, uh, it's going to be easier to get you unstuck. Let's talk about the qualities of the rope and how you, how you got here. A lot of guys, who, if they've never gotten out of a sticky situation, they would think that you'd want something that was really taut, right, that didn't have a lot of stretch to it. And your product is just the opposite. You want stretch, right? And But how much of it, I don't know. Can you can you tell us how the whole system works? Yeah. So so when you're uh, when you're stuck, if you just it's it's a little physics type of uh, equation here. What you really want to do is create more energy. And the way that you create more energy is back to the little Einstein physics thing. And this is all I know of physics, by the way, is that uh, <laughs> Us too. You, we believe you. <laughs> yeah. If you uh, weight and velocity equals more energy. And um, so when you stretch the vehicle that is that is stuck is not moving, whatever. But when you're stretching, you're, you're adding to getting velocity. You're moving away from the vehicle. The rope's got to come back together. And that's what kind of just gives that little extra energy runs down the rope. And that's what's going to unloosen you if you will and then pop you out from there and it's also easier on the tow vehicle and the vehicle being recovered because you don't have a hard you know like I, there's I watched, no jerk there's no jerk like I, I've watched on let's say some of our uh, uh, automotive TV shows right where somebody hooks up a chain to something and off goes and, the bumper yeah the, the bumper and you know whatever else and so this allows you to have that little bit of stretch them dukes them dukes <laughs> you know what I mean like they would tie it up and <laughs> yeah, they would yes. walk out with the frame the frame would leave and the body would stay do you remember there was a, a YouTube video I don't know it's probably 10 years ago now of, uh, of like a uh, you know I don't know WRX or something like that 
and it was in a driveway and it was stuck. And or maybe it was a Mitsubishi Eclipse. And anyway, their buddy hooked up a uh, tow strap to it, tried to yank it out of this icy, snowy driveway, and yanked the whole back half of the car off. <laughs> hatch, the hatch fenders, and everything. So what you're saying is that won't happen with a Bubba rope. Well, with the Bubba <laughs> rope, you have a lot more uh, control over uh, over that type of situation. Yeah, because it's, it's made to shock load. I mean, if you things like chains and flat web straps. They're really not made to be shock loaded. They're okay for towing if you're just towing down the road and type things, whatever. But um, you can go ahead and shock load a rope. So, yeah, I guess you could say bubble rope. There's no jerks. So Now, were you an <laughs> avid off-roader? Like, how in the world did you get into this space making and selling rope? Well, well the rope actually comes originally from a um, fr- from another company that was doing uh, helicopter slings during the uh, Gulf War. And helicopters don't like to take off with dead weight. So the the U.S. Army came in and said, we want a rope. Uh, we want something that's going to stretch and we need to have it coated because the elements in Iraq and Afghanistan are pretty tough. So that's we had some that company had a bunch of rope left over and a bunch of coatings left over. We went and looked at it. We live here in Florida and just some good old boys. You know, we're in the mud all the time. And I said, what are we going to use all, what are we going to do with all this rope? And they said, well, we're going to make snatch ropes out of them. I said, you know, I, I'm not quite sure we can do, I don't know what snatch ropes are, but once I saw it, I realized that's it. And then we thought at first we were just going to sell these in Florida. So we just called them Bubba's because that's what kind of what we are. Right. And uh, and then next thing you know, we're selling them all over the world. So we even sold them to, you know, the US, back to the U.S. Army and uh, we sold them to Afghanistan, everywhere else. So it's kind of cool. Tell me about the first time you tried one. You're, you've got a guy stuck in the mud. And you're like, let's take me back to day one when you go, all right, this is it. I'm going to market this. Right, let's I'm gonna take it to market as a consumer product. Well, it's really kind of funny about that part, whatever, because I, I had not actually used it. I watched it being demonstrated by this 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 kind of this good old boy here in Tampa, Florida. And uh, so we, we made a couple ropes and I went over to uh, kind of this, this mud uh, park, got up there on the speaker and they said, okay, the next, the next extraction, next vehicle gets stuck in this mud park is going to be, you know, and I got on the, the speaker and everything and it's going to be, you know, done by a bubble rope and stuff. And so I was looking out the back door thinking, okay, if this doesn't work, I got to, I got to have an exit. I got to get out of here quick, you know, <laughs> you're going to get hated but, on uh, real fast. Yeah. But uh, it worked. I handed out T-shirts and hats, and boom! Next thing you know, we're we're on our way. And you guys actually have a a pretty wide range of ratings. Um, the, your typical snatch strap or toe strap back in the day would maybe be a five thousand pound rating, a nine or ten thousand pound rating, maybe up to like a thirty or something. You guys go over a hundred thousand. Yeah, we do because because now we're making you know this the same type of strategy uh, tactic, if you will. Uh, works not only for you know vehicles and four by fours and and jeeps and trucks and stuff whatever, but also is going to work for heavy equipment. So you know we're making some of these really fairly large um, power stretch ropes for tractors and and Humvees and you know so you name it, we're going to be able to get you out with something. I was at Off Road Expo and I think I saw a bubble rope that had to be as thick as my wrist. Like it was giant. So about two inches? Uh, hey, how dare you? <laughs> what kind of weight rating is that for? I mean, it was huge, Jim. Yeah, well, the, the largest, uh, we, we make one that's kind of fun for seam, which is about a three and a half uh, inch diameter, and that's just huge. I mean, it's it's just, it's kind of an overkill. It's too heavy for most things, so we use it kind of as a prop. But we regularly make a two inch that breaks 131,000 pounds, 
Um, so, so one little thing that you should know is that uh, there's kind of a safety factor, and, and we like to use three and a half, four times the weight of what you're pulling out, the vehicle you're pulling out. So let's say you're pulling out a half-ton truck or something. Half-ton truck's going to weigh somewhere around five, 6,000 pounds. You want the braking strength of your rope to be three and a half to four times that. So that we have a seven-eighths rope, breaks at 28,600. That right way, in if that range. you are uh, sucked into that mud, uh, you know, obviously the rope and the tow vehicle are going to feel that you have a much heavier vehicle that needs to be pulled out. Yeah, because you got the resistance going. So, Sean, what do you what do you think is the most difficult thing to get out of? Is it mud? Is it sand? Is it what do you think? Uh, for me, I think it's mud. Uh, you know, I'm a Southern California boy who grew up in the desert and doing all that. I don't mind getting out and hooking something up in rocks or sand or whatever. I hate getting out and getting into the mud and then it, hooking it to something that's under the water. It just, to me, mud's the pain in the ass. <laughs> well, actually, the, the the toughest thing to get out of. Ooh, concrete. Right there and, <laughs> it, it is. Why would it, it be is concrete? concrete? <laughs> but it's it's uh, in a natural form. It's right up north of you where in Oceano. Yeah. Uh, Pismo, Pismo Beach. Oh, sand. So you get in that wet sand. Oh, yeah. That is the toughest thing. Got. And if you got the tide coming, you know what? Pay the money, get it out. We almost lost a, a Hummer H2 out in the uh, out in the sand or in the tide once. We were doing a photo shoot, and uh, we had it out in the, uh, in the as the tide was coming in, and uh, shooting pictures and looked up, and it was up to the hubs. And we're like, oh, we should probably run out there and uh, move that thing <laughs> out of there. Uh, every yeah. once in a while, you'll see pictures from either Oregon Dunes or Oceano and Pismo where somebody's gone out for that perfect shot, and then all of a sudden they're buried frame deep in uh, in the surf, which is always. Uh, uh, less than ideal for anybody's car. How do you do the, the strength testing, Jim? So the strength test is actually done by uh, an ISO company that has a test bed. And the test bed is more or less, it's a horizontal, it's a big ram. It's, cal- it's, it's, it's calculated and certified and stuff. And we just pull it. And that's all we do. We, we take it up, take it down, take it up, take it down. And then we take it all the way to break. And then we, we certify all that. So we know exactly where, when it's going to break, at what point in the rope it's going to break and also at what um, what breaking strength it's going to have and what's the strangest use you've ever seen rescuing well, we, this we, podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it so has uh, has anyone fell a tree with a bubble rope before i or, like that fell a tree very or nice. has anyone uh pulled a 747 with a with an electric ford f-150 or something like that <laughs> Well, that's a pretty cool idea. You know, I'm going to have to get that one done. I'm going to take a couple of pictures. That, that's a good idea. I'll steal that one from you. Uh, I, I, just, I just saw that. I, I brought it up because you guys saw the viral video this last week that Ford, Ford put out. The Ford Electric F-150 towing the train. And I yes. thought for sure oh, it was going to yeah. be a bubble rope, right, because there was some yeah. nice stretch to it. And yeah. I knew that you were coming on. I thought, oh, pre- please let that be a bubble rope. Please let that be a bubble rope. <laughs> they were pulling a, a train, yeah. right. Yeah, it was like a million yeah. pounds or something like that. And well, you can't you can't pull them with trains or whatever. But probably the funnest one I've ever seen is is uh, again out here in Florida. There was a mud park and there was a they got a rope and uh, they had about a hundred. We we got we made a fifty foot rope, so they got about a hundred people, about fifty on one end, fifty on the other side, whatever. And they were did a giant tug of war, and of course <laughs> the loser ended up in the mud puddle. So, but not just a mud puddle. This thing was like six feet deep. So that was kind of crazy. That was kind of fun. So we love that. That, By the way, they didn't break the rope. So (laughs) now speaking of the rope, uh, in synthetic, it floats on top of the mud and water, right? So that's sort of a a nice feature, but 
like a winch cable, and I, I want to get into you, your winch replacement ropes in a second, but uh, much like a winch cable, do you have to make sure that you you hose down the rope and the braiding to make sure no abrasive materials in there, or over time does that tow rating or uh, snatch rating diminish as the rope gets dirtier? Uh, well, because we put this, we put actual vinyl coating over a regular double braid rope, that you, and you can buy that just anywhere. You can go to a hard store and buy a double braid rope, whatever, but the quality won't be very good, so they won't use as much nylon. You can put your fingers through it, and of course, if you can get your fingers through it, you can get dirt and grit and stuff. So we put a vinyl coating on it, and uh, when you first get your new rope, it's going to have what we call a new rope smell. We think it's wonderful. <laughs> Not everybody <laughs> thinks that way, but... Uh, so that coating really helps you. You probably do want to wash it off because the thing about mud is it there's a lot of organic matter in it. Can I say that? I guess I can say well, that. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what? Organic matter kind of doesn't smell good after a while. Sure. Yeah. So wash it off. And but you won't, you can't hurt it. It also protects it from the UV because nylon doesn't like UVs, uh, UV rays. So. Um, that, that that helps all that. So, yep, wash it off, roll it back up, put the wrap around it, and put it back in the nylon bag and let it dry out. So let's talk about a couple of your other product lines that you have. You have witch line replacements. You also have your gator jaws. You have your synthetic shackles. So you guys are kind of doing a bunch of different products out of this one product that can be really useful. And I think people probably think, oh, I'm just going to go get a shackle or a D-ring, throw it through my bumper. But you guys actually have a, a smarter solution with what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So, so one of the things when we first started, we, we were just out there to make a rope and, and to make it a, a better way to uh, extract people. And then we realized we started getting to this whole thing about being safer. So get metal out, be safer, lighter, lighter equipment, safer equipment, stronger equipment. So we kind of headed down that path. The next thing that we came up, of course, was with, as you mentioned, our gator jaw, our synthetic shackle. And what makes that's pretty cool that that's actually that idea has been around since Columbus Day. Some guy sitting, some mariner sitting on a boat somewhere ties a knot, puts a loop around it, and says, "Ah, oh, look, I made a shackle." But it's because there's this new material called uh, HMPE, high molecular. I can't remember the whole, the whole thing, whatever. But it's spectra, dyneema, all those things. It's the same stuff that the, the winch cables are made out of, and it's got the same tensile strength of steel, but it floats in water. And it's just tougher than heck. And it won't and, hurt you if it breaks. No, and then if it hits you, yeah, you know, it's like a it's like a slap from your wife from getting out too quick. <laughs> so, right. Well, and then also you don't have to worry about a metal shackle banging against your nice powder coat on your bumpers too. Yes. Yeah. And you don't have something piece of metal flying back at you. And that that's was you know, that was really important to us. So uh that shackles are, now we've we when we first started making that, there's a million different ways to make a knot, there's a million different ways to actually make this assembly. And we kept trying different ways, whatever, and, and we keep improving on it. Uh, we actually called it our second one. We called Shackle 2.0, and you know it's kind of funny that way. But we've just come out with a newer one, uh, and we're just launching this as we're talking right now, and that's going to be next gen, and that's even a better one. It's got a higher strength. It's easier to use. It has a little slider on it, so we're really excited about that one. Awesome. So all of your stuff is made in the USA, which I think is pretty important because there are a lot of companies overseas that are making uh, braided nylon ropes. So Can't I, miss that little waving flag on his website. Oh Just yeah. get your attention. Proudly but, made in the but, good uh, old it, USA. That's what I was going to say. Made in the good old USA. It's the OL apostrophe. <laughs> yes, the good old USA. And, and, well, yeah, you guys are hitting all the high points. I mean, that was something in our brand. We started off right from the very beginning and said, look, Let's make this, uh, you know, let's make everything we do in the USA. You know, it helps when you're selling to the U.S. military also, but 
Uh, we're very proud about that. And uh, do you so sell? All, we source everything. Everything. Do you sell the uh, to the military your limited edition Patriot Gator Jaw Pro Synthetic Shackle, which is made with red, white, and blue nylon rope? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's basically because we put the, this coating on it, and the coating has a pigment in it. We can make it any color we want. Nice. So that's why we decided, hey, let's do a red, white, and blue, and let's call it the Patriot. Um, I like so it. that's that's where that comes from. So it's have, a lot of fun to make, and and uh, people love them. Have you been asked to make uh, restraints for um, private time with your wife? Those kind of ropes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we don't go there. Okay, all right. <laughs> Holman's looking at me going, please, I know what you're going to ask. Yeah, don't just, do it. Just <laughs> redirect, redirect. Uh, I don't know if you, what was it, the movie Up where uh, it was Squirrel? That's uh, uh-huh. that's basically you. I yeah, have to, I got to bring it back in. So what you need to do is if you've just bought a Jeep or a truck and you're going to go mudding or you're going to go out to the Pismo, you know, you're going to go into the sand. The Pismo, is that the like the Pismo. OC? It's like the Google. Okay, just I, check I, it. The I, Google. I, the Google. The well, interwebs. I, I had a, a general manager of the radio station one time and he didn't know anything about the internet. And he goes, you guys, uh, I need you to do a check of the Google and get back to me. We're like, the Google, yes. So everything was the for a while, yes. Uh, All right, well, how about this? It's what you need to do. Wait, let me finish. All right. You need to go to Uh BubbaRope.com, and you need to spend about five, six hundred bucks and get all of the stuff. So don't just like willy-nilly and just, I'm going to buy a rope now and the gator jaw later uh-huh. and just buy all just buy everything just get it all at bubbarope.com that's correct and jim uh, are you guys on facebook instagram uh what are those uh, ha- hashtags or handles yeah we've got we've got uh hashtag bubba rope uh hashtag bubba rope jim that's me uh of course we have a, a big facebook uh group and and uh i don't actually do the facebook posting but i've got somebody there that that is a uh, uh, actually she's a bubette and she answers everybody's questions. Oh, and, and I love that. <laughs> we appreciate your time and also I, I wanted to throw out there that you've been a great supporter of uh, our four wheeler and uh, Peterson Frolin off off road brands with uh, sponsoring quite a few of our events and stuff. So our guys have had firsthand experience with Bubble Rope on the trail in the dirt. We use them and uh, they've always been great. So we appreciate that. Well, and it's great because you know you guys are the these guys that are going out on the trail every day. These guys on four wheeler mag, uh, you know, uh, guys like Harry Wagner, and these guys really know their stuff. And so it was, we give it to them, and we we say, look, at, try this, test it for us, and whatever. And they come back, and if they give it a thumbs up, then we know we've got something. So it's it's been a great partnership. Well, lots of thumbs up for uh, for Bubba Rope. So if you're in the market for uh, synthetic. Uh recovery gear check out bubberope.com and uh, i'm sure we'll see you on the trail sometime sounds great awesome. happy wheeling thanks right. jim. appreciate it thanks jim bye holman i have a very simple question for you uh i might have an answer what the f- is new in trucks what's new in trucks we need to know what's new in trucks we need to know what's new in trucks we need to know lifted lowered and everything in between What's happening in the world of trucks? Uh! Oh, that was okay. That's all right. It was okay. Yeah, it wasn't, you know. It wasn't great. Best ever, but. No, I mean, no. Uh, did you hear the, uh, <laughs> did you did hear? You hear? <laughs> <See>? <laughs> uh, you're good. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, the 2020 Ram 1500 Eco Diesel starting price? Uh, 2020, 30, 36.5. The starting price? 36.890. Oh! Uh, which makes the uh, basically the Ram 1500 Eco Diesel will now be the least expensive entry into the half ton diesel game, and on top of that, you can get it across the entire lineup. So uh, that price represents a 2020 Ram 1500 Tradesman Quad Cab Two Wheel Drive. 
Uh, it'll be the entry-level diesel truck available. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Ram, the EcoDiesel will be a $49.95 option, representing a $3,000 premium over the 5.7 Hemi with e-torque. Uh, and the competitor diesels are several thousand uh, more with the Ford F-150 XLT Power Stroke starting at $46,255. And the Chevrolet Silverado 1500 Duramax starting at $45,200. Hmm. So that's, uh, if you want a diesel truck, that's quite a, quite cheaper. And more affordable. I wouldn't say cheap. I'd say more cheap. affordable. Yeah, yeah. And and I think uh, people are over Dieselgate, right? I mean, it's it's yeah, sufficiently yeah. behind us now. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't even think that's uh, on most. Not, diesel, not even a factor. I don't even think diesel buyers cared about that in the first place. Okay. So uh, what's cool though is the EcoDiesel V6 will now also be available in all trims and cab configurations, including the Rebel. Oh, really? Yeah, which you couldn't get the diesel and the Rebel before. I love your Rebel. Uh, when are we going to do yeah. a walk around with your new Rebel? Uh, we should do that sometime in the next, uh, I don't know, next episode or should something? Should have done it on this episode. We should have. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> yeah, Whoops. so uh, this is our four-wheeler magazine long-termer. It was our pickup truck of the year winner. Yep. And so I have one uh, here in the fleet for a year. Saw that big hunkin' trophy at the LA Auto Show last, yes. what was it, December? Uh, November? November. Something November. like that? Okay. Yeah. So Now, you just got your Rebel about a month ago? Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, so we can go through the options and stuff on it, but so far, uh, really, really awesome It truck. is sweet. Yeah. And uh, what you guys don't and it's know a Rebel 12. is that he, it's a what? It's a Rebel 12. It's, what do you mean a 12? Uh, it's got the big 12-inch screen in it. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way... That was my idea. I'm stealing it because uh, just in case anybody has a Ram Rebel out there with the 12-inch screen, thank me right here. Why uh, is that? Because uh, when Jim Morrison, uh, our good friend over at Ram, who's now running Jeep uh, here uh, in North America, was at uh, was at Ram, we walked around for the very first time. We saw it in the design studio, and he's like, what do you think? I'm like, it's awesome. So I started asking him some questions. Okay, got a question about this, got a question about this. And I said, what? What's the philosophy on the Rebel? He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I don't really like the cloth seats because they have the tire tread on it. And for me, I might change the tires out. They're good your Duratracks, uh, great tire, but I might put something else on there. Uh, I don't necessarily want the tire tread on my cloth seat. And by the way, I might be a guy who wants leather seats. And he went, hmm. And I said, I, I think there's a guy out there who wants, like me, who would pay the money to have a 12-inch screen, leather seats, and mm-hmm. more of a luxurious Rebel so that they didn't have to choose between the off-road package and the luxury truck. You can kind of get best of both worlds. And they went back to the drawing board, and it's out there. So uh, Jim Morrison- So when, what you're saying is without you, that truck the Rebel owner would not have that 12-inch screen. Would not screen. have a 12-inch and leather seat option. Huh. Yeah, and, and when we uh, when the truck we tested was the uh, 8.4-inch screen- can, can But would Jim actually give you confirmation that it was you? I was just going to tell you that. So uh, when the uh, when we tested the truck in four-wheeler of the year, the 12 didn't exist yet, and they gave us an 8.4-inch screen. But when it won, I said, hey, would it be possible for us to have our tester for the long-termer be a 12-inch? And Jim says, I don't see why not. It's your truck. <laughs> Interesting. So, so anyway, so I, I basically that truck has that some, must feel good. Yeah, that truck has some things on it that I've specifically said you guys should do this, and they did it. And uh, I get to uh, basically drive a truck that I had some say in. So I, I like that. It's pretty cool. Also, uh, you'll notice it's all matchy matchy on the outside with the LED lights. Yes, you're welcome. That was also me. Really? So I walked around with Jim on a previous the DS truck. This is a DT, uh, and they call this the matchy matchy edition. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I said the thing I hate about these manufacturers is you guys might have LED headlights but incandescent fog lights. So the truck has this really I've cool light. I've never understood why they do that. Yeah, warm, warm lights. Ridiculous. Right. Or you might have LED headlights, but then incandescent rear lights. And if you look on the Ram, save for the uh, the bed lighting up top coming out of your chismal, your center high mounted stop lamp, mm-hmm. uh, 
that's the only incandescent light. Everything else, the brake lights, the tail lights, the headlights, the um, fog lights, and the bed in-bed lighting are all LEDs. And the interior lighting is also all LEDs. So you're welcome, world. That is offered as an upgrade? No. Well, on the that's on factory. The, yeah, yeah. On the more premium trucks that have the update, uh, upgraded headlight package, they're all, everything's matchy-matchy. Got it. Matchy, matchy. Matchy, matchy. I would like the Sean Holman matchy, matchy edition, please. You know, it's kind of cool but when the there's stuff, is, right? No, it's cool. I mean, you don't have a pair of sandals on the, uh, uh, on the uh, dash. Uh, yeah, like, like on the uh, JL? Yeah. I wow. am wearing a pair of flip-flops right now, yeah, though. Yeah, you do have your flip-flops. And on. by the way, Rick wears uh, Tevas. I wear flip-flops, so I could just lie and tell people that, yeah. that was me. What kind of shorts are those? Those are weird kind of silky looking shorts. You oh, look like you're straight out of Florida. No way, dude. These shorts are the most comfortable shorts I've ever had. What are they? So I have, I typically have worn the same shorts forever. Uh, Levi, just cargo shorts, like yeah. dad shorts. And everybody makes fun of people with dad shorts, sure. right? You mean, oh wait, look at yeah. these. <laughs> look at these. Oh, look at you wearing uh, a plaid <laughs> dad short. So these uh-huh. are circa 99. Yeah. So I, mine were equally as old Yeah, and they just weren't as comfortable and they're too baggy and it's been, you know, hot. And I'm like... I want a nice short that is more comfortable. And moisture wicking? And moisture wicking. Right. And these are uh, 5'11 tactical shorts. Ah. And I love them. I actually have two pair, or I actually have two kinds. These are like more of my everyday uh, shorts. They're light. They move around in them real easy, and they're super comfortable. And then they have a little bit of a tougher cargo pattern. So like if I'm carrying or something like that, right. it's like a more, uh, you know, like just it's it's a more robust fabric and stuff. These are kind of like almost like a swim trunk material. So pricey is what you're saying. No, not at all. 40 plus. It's somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. And they have Are we talking all about time. shorts? We are. We are. We should be talking about track news. Anyway, I, I really love 511 yeah. Tactical. What can I tell you? All right. We're it, again it's what's new in shorts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, also, did you uh did you hear that our friends over at Hall Racing uh recently completed the Vegas to Reno race. With I'm the... not familiar with Hall Racing. Yes, you are. You <laughs> seriously. Um, by the way, because Holman brings up Hall Racing every other episode. That is, I, the ratio of banks to Hall Racing is way off. It's not even close. Not even close. Anyway, our friends it's over all, all, all <laughs> yeah, the time, all the, all the time, the Colorado, as yes. we like to call it. Uh, their ZR2 Colorado now with all sorts of awesome AEV bits on it. The race truck is now campaigning its third season. Recently completed the uh, Vegas to Reno race. In 14 hours, 1 minute, and 30 seconds. How does that compare to other vehicles it, and other times? Uh, it won its class. Oh. Of one. Of one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the important thing is it is a badass little truck that for the past two years and now won for this first race for third season has completed every single race it's entered. Wow. For a stock-based truck. So that, sure. That tells you how tough it is. So, How many times have they put it back together? Well, I mean, you always pull stuff apart and rebuild between races and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but they've never broken it so bad on the race course they weren't able to finish the race. That's huge. I mean, that says a lot about it. Chevy's using it as durability testing for the ZR2. But check this out. Hall Racing has logged over 3,275 miles in 11 best in desert races across Nevada. 3,000 miles? <laughs> and no breakdowns. Wow. Or no, no nothing that, that would uh, keep them from finishing the race. Yeah. So the ZR2 is one of only four vehicles to complete Every single race in the last three years. Hmm. I mean, that's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, it it's, it speaks to uh, the durability of that little rig. Yeah, so uh, so Mark Dickens over at uh, Chevy, he's the uh, chief engineer um, of like the performance stuff. He says, our goal with the best in the desert competition is to push the engineering and, de- and development of the Colorado platform in the most extreme conditions imaginable. We've already learned things over the past two years that have shaped our off-road portfolio, including the performance parts and motorsports catalog, production vehicles, 
and GM defense projects. And I will tell you that when the Halls raced the Hummer program, you know, back when Hummer was around, they they campaigned Hummer mm-hmm. vehicles. They had engineers from GM on the race team. The things that they learned racing directly made changes to the production vehicles. I would love to know what they discovered on the uh, on the Colorado that they're going to use to update your future versions. I don't think they'll tell you. Oh, they really? might tell me. Uh, I might have an opportunity to ask coming well, up. Well, I mean, the general generalizations like, oh, we realized that the the rebound was wrong. Or, well, yeah, I mean, you know, the, or, the tuning or, and stuff like that. I, I'm, yeah. I think the stuff on the Hummer program was like ball joints and a weld here for a bracket or, you know, just the things like that that, you know, make the, the frame stronger mm-hmm. or or just, you know, it's just there's lots of little electrical. Maybe something the way an electrical loom was mounted where it might, you know, in a contact came yeah. loose after a while. Exactly. Like, like all that kind of little stuff that they're able to make the vehicle, you know, more reliable. Did you, uh, so are you familiar with the Resvani tank? I don't know what you're talking about. I think if I show you a picture, you will. The Resvani tank? The Resvani tank. It's a tank, like a military tank. It's based on, so there was a, a previous version that was based on the JK. Uh, the new one is based on the JL. It sort of looks like a futuristic FJ Cruiser. I have seen that. Yes, I've seen that. Yes. So the new- I didn't, I didn't know that it was pronounced Resvani. Yes, that's the uh, the name of the guy who, who owns the company, who does those things, right? Um, this looked to me on the photos that I had seen- like a one-off, like to no, some you can buy them. wealthy oil yeah. chic or somebody. I'm sure that's who they're making them for, because okay. check this out. So they call it the tank. They unveiled the 2020 model. Uh, the first one came out to market in 2017 on the JK platform. The 2020 is out on the JL platform. All right. And they've made some uh, major upgrades for 2020. So this extreme off-road utility vehicle literally comes with all the bells and whistles and then a bunch of stuff you didn't even think of. So it has an on-demand four-wheel drive system, is part urban assault vehicle, part presidential limousine. It has a thermal night vision forward-looking infrared flutter system. You know, never know who might be this w- looking around your garage. This is definitely made for uh, yeah, royalty, etc. You can get a military trim, features bulletproof glass, a self-sealing gas tank, electrified door handles, and gas masks. And it also has EMP protection from, uh, you know, shielding against those electro... Electromagnetic Elect- pulses. Yep. Yeah. I don't know why I can't say that. Electromagnetic pulses. <laughs> say it 10 times fast. Uh, Go. 10? <laughs> electromagnetic pulses? Electromagnetic pulses? Electro- <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in it too deep. I'm in it too deep. Um, I actually uh, hooked up with the uh, the founder of that company on LinkedIn, and I'm hoping that we might have a chance to oh, get him local? on the show. Yeah, they're in Orange County. What? Yeah. Right? Really? Yeah. So I, I'm thinking so we could get him on the show. So are they going to like... Uh, a Jeep dealer buying one off the lot and then just modifying it? Yeah. I mean, it's no different than like Saline would do or Roush would do or any of those guys would take. Hennessy would go take something and then outfit it. So fully loaded, this has got to be $450,000. Well, I don't even know. I, I, don't, I didn't even see a price spec on it. Okay. But I think it would be a cool topic for the Truck Show Podcast if we of could course. get uh, somebody from the company on. Absolutely. I'm in. Okay. As much as I want to talk to the guy who builds them, I want to talk to someone who's bought one. Well, we'll just ask him for his customer list. I not getting <laughs> yeah, it, not in a million years. I don't think so. No, uh, I don't think we would even find out how many uh, were made. The guy who owns Megarex trucks wouldn't even tell us who he was delivering one to in Beverly Hills. Remember? Yeah, but I think we figured out it was Arnold Schwarzenegger, wasn't it? Or his son, right? Yeah, something. I mean, we're, yeah. we're we're sleuthy. <laughs> sleuthy. No, uh, slimy. We're slimy. No, we're not slimy. No, we are sleuthy. We are definitely sleuthy. Right. We're more sleuthy than we are slimy. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, the Ford Ranger is now available in the FX2 package. 
I don't know why I care. <laughs> okay, <laughs> then moving right along. Uh, you guys. No, made... I mean seriously. I, I'm meaning. I didn't mean to sound like an insult. Uh-huh. I don't. Why do I care that okay. it's available in the FX2? Because the FX2 goes against like a Tacoma pre-runner, so it's basically the four-wheel What's drive. What's the FX1? Tra- no, no, no. What's the FX4? What? <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> okay, no, he's on second. Okay. Listen, Ford has an off-road package called the FX4. Four-wheel drive off-road Okay, package, all right, got it. Right? Oh, the you, FX2 is the two-wheel thank drive. Thank you. But it's on the four-wheel drive chassis. You get a bunch of four-wheel drive bits. You just don't get the transfer case front differential. Got it. So for a guy who is in the market for a Toyota pre-runner, which is the same thing, you don't get a two-wheel drive truck. You get what looks like the four-wheel drive minus the four-wheel drive bits. When did we adopt the term bits from the UK? Uh, that was not from the UK. It has to be. No. Yeah, they were saying it long before we were. I, well, you think I adopted that yesterday? No, I'm just saying I, you didn't say it okay, three, bites. four episodes ago. Well, sure I have. No. All right, we're going to go back in 82 episodes and you, we'll find right You were saying about. like pieces or accoutrement. Oh, accoutrement, <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're saying bits. So here's the accoutrement that you can get on it. The mm-hmm. uh, FX2 features a specially tuned suspension that yields better performance in the rough. So essentially, you're getting the off-road tuning of the shocks, right? Instead of the on-road tuning of a typical two-wheel drive. All right. You get off-road tires, uh, 17 standard, 18 is optional. It includes a electronic locking rear differential, so you can still get a, a locking rear diff to get you to, through all the places. Um, but then you also get the FX4 air dam delete, underbody guard for better approach angle, uh, off-road screen in the uh, DIC, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, basically Ford wants the FX2 aimed at the urban markets such as LA where, you know, there's a lot of people want that 4x4 look but don't want the 4x4 maintenance or the 4x4 cost, but they don't want it to be like, oh, I can only get the two-wheel drive truck. Yeah, and the economy, the fuel economy, has got to be a little better. I want to say it's like one mile per gallon better. Oh, so, you know, in the 4x2 Ranger, it's like 22 mile per gallon combined, and the 4x4 is like 21. So okay. you're, you're getting a little bit. Um, so it's probably, instead of just getting like an STX appearance package, I, I think you might want it to, you know, be a little more rugged. You might go with the FX2 package. Okay. So anyway, kind of cool. So now I do For- care. Oh, you do care now. Yeah, now now you care. Yeah. Do you care about the podcastawards.com? Nope. Podcastawards.com no, where you I can go dope. and you can judge I don't the care. Uh, Truck Show Podcast. Neither do our listeners. Podcast. That's nope. not true. They don't care. You know what? If we win that, they still Podcastawards.com. If you win that, they we will have an award in here and we can tell people we are an award-winning po- uh, podcast and right now we are just a janky podcast. We have a giant ant farm in here and no one cares. So they're not going to care about Tim Allen award. cares about the ant farm. Yeah, well, there's one guy, yeah. Well, he sent it to us. So well, well to wait, care. and we appreciate that, but I don't, I couldn't care less about this award. Why? I, it just doesn't, whatever. Just It just doesn't whatever. I, it doesn't float my boat. <sighs> you Well, you, you don't have to care. I will care enough for both of us because I want us to uh, be recognized in the world and for people, by the way, podcast movement, people are like, hey, truck show podcast. There were some people that knew us that weren't your people. It was cool. Not gonna lie, it was cool. I went, oh, all right. I'm a podcaster now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did I? Podcaster. Uh, did I? Anyone with a microphone and a iPhone can be a podcaster. That's true. That's why there are six hundred thousand of them that are bad on, uh, on yeah on iTunes. So, did I tell <laughs> you about my potential new project vehicle? Uh, no. I mean, I have the old one that everybody knows about, but we we talk about that next episode. No, I we well, wait a minute. On the drive here, we talked about that we were going to explain where we were with your F100 uh-huh. and where we needed to go to finish this thing up once and for okay, all. It's sitting at Banks, and mm-hmm. it needs to be done so it can be driven on the road. But are we going to go through the the parts list of stuff that we want? To yes. Do? Well, let's do that next time. We're going to make that a segment. We're going to make that a segment where we check in on Sean's project 
And then, all right. And if we do things with it, we'll talk about it. And if we don't, <laughs> there'll just be more silence. By the way, if you go to Project Speed Bump on Facebook, there's actually a, a page dedicated to the truck. Uh, and it literally grows by like 20 viewers, uh, you know, followers a week. No idea why, because I haven't had time to do anything with it. Okay. Uh, but I will tell you guys, anybody who followed along in Trucking Magazine on the build, there's like six or seven stories. Uh, a bunch of stuff's going to be coming out here in the next uh, about month or so. So keep your eyes peeled in the F100. Unless it's, it's we talk about it on this show, uh-huh. not much is going to get done. Well, we, we are talking about it. But, but I have another to... project. You don't need another project. I, I know, but it, this one this one's special. It might fall on my lap. Tell me. Okay. So, uh, the very first Jeep I ever drove was a 19, I think it, the title said 40, but that's not correct. I think by the serial number, it's 42. A 42 Ford GPW, which was, in the early days, Willys got the contract for to build the Jeep, and it didn't have enough production capacity. So, Ford, to Willys specifications, built one called the GPW. So it has Ford script on it, and Ford kind of, because of the warranty, they didn't want to warranty Willie's stuff by building it exactly. There's a bunch of little tiny changes all over it. Like it says Ford script in the back, and there's little F-head bolts that have the Ford F on them, and that way Ford could tell warranty-wise, no, 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 this one's ours, this one's not. Uh, Anyway, my uncle has one of those at his ranch. And it's got a uh, 225 Buick Oddfire V6 in it. Honestly, I didn't even know that your uncle had a ranch. Yeah, out in Anza. What? Yeah, yeah, so it's cool. It's way cool. I you know he might How have many other secrets. Do you have hundred acres or something like that? Okay. So, so when I was a kid, I used to go to the ranch, and that was the place I could drive all sorts of cool stuff. Because he was a uh, a navy guy, he was a welder. He always like you could weld stuff at the. He didn't care. He always had like uh, three wheeled UTVs and ATVs. He had like one of those mule uh, drive on flatbed utility vehicles. Yeah. He has all these like really cool old. So as cars. a kid, you were in heaven. Oh yeah, absolutely. So none of my family is really car people. My uncle's one of the few people. Like, my parents aren't, right? I didn't get it from my parents. Uh, and my grandparents, my grandpas liked cars, but they weren't, like, necessarily car guys. Like, they knew how to work on them and do all that stuff. But my uncle has, like, a flathead-powered old, like, 54 business coupe or something like that. And he's got just all sorts of stuff. So my favorite thing at the ranch was this old 42 GPW. And I remember my buddy Adam and I, from when we were kids in high school, had gone up there. And he took me around in it, and Adam was with me, and he gives me the keys and goes, you guys can just drive this the rest of the day. And we're like, oh. And you're how old? Uh, I don't know, like 17, maybe 18, okay. something okay. like that. So you, you had a license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but uh, on those ranches, it's cool because you don't have oh, to have a license dude. if you're on the ranch. He took us out, and he like roosted it a bunch of times, and we just giggled and laughed. And the you know a lot of people might have like a bikini top over the front seats. Mm-hmm. He put a piece of like tin flashing from a roof, which is super <laughs> awesome. Okay. Anyway, long story short, this vehicle exists. It was the first Jeep I ever drove, and really my first you know kind of real taste of of off roading in a Jeep. And you know because the ranch has all these dirt roads and stuff. And uh, we had a, a party at our house, and he was there. And, Came up to me, he says, you know, I was thinking about getting rid of the uh, the GPW. And I said, oh? And he says, you know, my my, my kids aren't really in- interested in it. And I thought if I was going to do that, you might be interested. Really? And I went, uh, tell me more. And the thing is, the sentimental value, because it's his, he's had it for so long, and then just it was the first Jeep I ever drove. Did he buy it new? No, no, no. Okay. no he probably, I think he's probably had it since the 80s or something like that. Okay. But what's cool about it is... It was the first time I really had contact with that type of vehicle, right? And it's like, here's my, you know, 20 years into this career, it kind of all started with this, I love driving this old Jeep. And, you know, so we might be talking about it. And if uh, if I do land it, if it does come my way, if he does decide, he may decide that he wants to keep it, which I would totally understand. Uh, but if it does, 
I want to, so this week, I don't know if he's going to be available for this show, but we'll maybe next show. Uh, Christian Hazel from Peterson's Frolin Off-Road is uh, starting Ultimate Adventure this week. So if you go to fourwheeler.com, follow Ultimate Adventure all week long. It mm-hmm. starts tomorrow uh, up in Alaska, which is super oh, awesome. Oh, it's Alaska this time. Yeah. Where? And they built a crazy international Anchorage, sky- Fairbanks? I can't tell you. Oh, you can't? Yeah, it's all secret until like two days after because they don't want a bunch of people going to, to find them and stuff okay. like that. Uh, but follow along, fourwheeler.com. I've never. This is the 20th anniversary. They went back to where it started, Alaska. I've never been on a UA. What? Yeah. So uh, you know, I was talking to our buddy Steve Sanders over at Cummins, and Cummins is supporting UA, and they've done it the last few years with their little R2.8. And I said, mm-hmm. "If I had a GPW, what do you think of an R2.8?" And he goes, "Hmm, I think it might be time we put it in a real Jeep." And so they've done a lot of projects, but I don't think they've done it in a flat fender yet. Oh wow! And so I'm thinking I would love to build that thing 35s. Extended a little bit of an extended wheelbase, a Cummins diesel R R two point eight, in a stick, maybe a, like an Atlas transfer case. Keep it leaf springs, uh, put some decent shocks on it, and go super simple, and build it so that I can go an ultimate adventure next year. Oh, interesting. That could be fun. It could be awesome, and I would leave the tin roof on it because it seems like you would just have to. It would <laughs> you like, gotta, it's you just, gotta use it. It is what way. it is, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna happen. I don't know how serious uh, my uncle was on that. Uh, but you know he uh, he he bounced it off. Do you me. do it for Ultimate Adventure or do you do it for the Gambler Five Hundred? I mean, you can, there's nothing. Or that do says we you do the do or do both. we do the knees, the slam Nissan hard body for the Gambler? You know, maybe our listeners should tell us Chuck Show Podcast at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Yes, so I don't know, but um, <sighs> it would be awesome. Uh, you and I going on a UA could be pretty cool. I'm all over it. I mean, you know. Now is this a so it's a road trip to Alaska? Yeah. Well, everybody's meeting there. Some people are driving. Some people are trailering. Some people. It's you know. a long ass drive. I've done oh, it. I know. You get. Uh, you uh, got a Christmas tree once. Yes. <laughs> wow. I I love. You know, Alaska's amazing. This by the way. this this ten hour drive that I did to Powell. It just just as I got to Powell, I'm like, all right, now I'm ready to keep driving. Right. I love well, road that, trips so that much. That part of the country is amazing too. But I just I can't. There is no. If I could drive past. Maine yeah. and just into the yeah. ocean and you just would keep going. I would keep going. You couldn't though. Yeah, you would probably drown. <laughs> I know I would, um, but I love it so much. You would just you try. There's no such thing. And I, I must have told my kids no fewer than five times on this trip. Yeah. When I retire, I'm going to be a long haul truck driver. I have to. Yeah, I just, love it oh, so at much. At least for a couple of years. I had a friend who did that. He uh, he left California, bought a ranch in Missouri, was a long haul trucker for like two or three years, and now he's on other things. So I, I think it. I would probably burn out, yeah. but. I would want to do it for a couple of years. Because of the lot lizards. Because of the lot lizards. <laughs> yeah, you know, trying to get some action in the, uh, in the uh-huh. back section. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. We'll see if the, uh, if the GPW comes together. But that might be kind of cool. That would be cool. I mean, no. But ra- now that you, but this is no yeah. radio, no heater. That is super cool. simple. That is cool. Here's the deal. But I don't know if it's cooler than what we want to build for the uh, the Gambler 500. But I, we do. Maybe we do the old Nissan. Maybe we. I don't know. But here's the deal. Like it's, I I've owned a '51 Willys CJ3, an old yellow one. Mm-hmm. Some people remember it as Project Colonel Mustard on four wheeler. I've never owned a patinaed old vehicle where I didn't care about the body and scratches and stuff. Right, Ever. that makes I, two I, of I, us. I've always owned nice stuff. Sure. And I had been kicking around the idea, maybe I get a flat fender and build it up because I want it next year uh, Moab for Easter Jeep Safari. Every year is the uh, flat fender run, and like 50 flat fenders from all over the country get together. Some of these dudes are on like old. NDT tires that are super hard, the non-directional tread tires like the mm-hmm. old military stuff, and they're climbing up all the trails that 
existed before these big crazy Jeeps on 40s, and they're on like these you know 30 inch tires with no roll bar with the windshield folded down. Right. Like if you roll over, you're dead. You just that's it. You're done. But they're doing it like the way but the but oldsters it. did it. Again, go to, go to fourwheeler.com. Check out the uh, the flat fender run. There's a bunch of videos on there that are so awesome. Where it's just these old flatties driving up all these obstacles that are sort of famous in Moab. You're yeah. going, that's that's crazy. I remember when I brought my flatty there. I did Hell's Revenge, and it had the original flathead in it, and a little flathead, four cylinder, sixty horsepower. And I remember. You ever feel like you were going to go over? Uh, not over, but uh, die backwards. So. On the big long fin on Hell's Revenge, it was like, <laughs> and I'm like 30 feet from the top, and the the carburetor, the bowl must be empty. Okay, and it's starting to hear like one cylinder at a time fire. Oh no! <laughs> and I'm like, uh oh. And I had Shane Cassad from Bill Stein with me, and we both looked at each other like, yeah. Oh, so what do you do? You can't get on the brakes. You go over backwards. You you have to floor it and hope that you can restart it on angle. Fortunately, right, it started stalling right as I crest. It goes, and it was God. snowing that day, and I'm in an old flat fender. I just I miss that. Because is, is it steep enough that you would have gone over backwards oh, and you put on the brakes? Yeah, absolutely. If you're familiar with that trail, it's probably several hundred feet. Yeah, yeah. Like there, there's, you know, and I'm in an old, you know, drum break and you know, oh just, dear, you know, Lord. no power break. I mean, it's a, it's a nineteen fifty one. So you're looking at sky, thinking yes. if listening in to one the engine. more cylinder pulse, <laughs> short of short, of I'm the top. going backwards. Yeah, end over and end. I'm hard, over, I'm hard on the brakes, and I'm gra- telling the guy in front of me to grab my winch or bring me a line so I don't go backwards. Right. <sighs> So, but anyway, I'm super excited because <laughs> if that thing comes together in my mind, I'm, you know, Christian Hazel, huge flatty guy, Rick Payway, huge flatty guy. I have those guys to tap for resources. I used to own a flat fender. I kind of have an idea of what I would do. Um, I even I went out to lunch with Jim over Dynatrack last week, and uh, we've talked about Dynatrack axles before. They make some of the best axles in the business. Love those guys. And I told him about project. He's like, ooh, what if we moved your axle forward? What if we did rear steering? And I'm like, you like this idea? He goes, yeah, you know. Rear steer. Well, not rear steer, but the steering linkage behind the axle okay. so that you don't bang it into rocks. If you I move see. the axle far enough forward, you can steer from behind the, the uh, axle housing, and that way you get more clearance. Got it. So uh, anyway, we'll see. We'll, well see. Well, if it doesn't happen, this will be a one long wasted segment. Well, you know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm putting it out there. What's to, it going to take for your uncle to close the deal? I don't know. We haven't talked about it. i got to go out to the ranch and, and see Why it don't we and... get him on the show and force him into it? <laughs> I'm serious. I don't think that works that way. Why not? Uh, let's just show up at his house. He lives down the street from you in Long Beach. Does he really? Yeah. Do we just show up and say- But you said that he had a ranch. Oh, so yeah. he doesn't, he's not at the ranch full time. No, no, no. He, he lives in Long Beach and has a ranch on Anza. So. Well, okay. So we pressured Greg into flying listeners out here for the party. <laughs> There's nothing That's to say true. we couldn't- What's his name? What's your uncle's name? Uh, Tom. Tom, mm-hmm. if you're listening- we're coming yeah, to get I'm you. I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to our All show. All right. Well, we. Uh, <laughs> if anybody knows Tom outside of uh, Holman, yeah. uh, we're coming to get I, you, Jeep. Uh, listen, I will. I will keep you in the loop on this. I'm excited if it happens. Uh, if nothing else, right now it's on a PNO. So in California registration, that's a plan non-op. So it means you basically pay five bucks and you don't have to pay registration. So he parked it years ago. It it hasn't run in a while. It's on a PNO. I want to go up, get it started, mm-hmm. uh, and then I may say, you know, even if uh, if we don't work out an arrangement to transfer ownership. I may bring it out a hawk, pay for registration for a year and insurance just to take it to Moab next year for the flat fender run. Yeah, that would be fun. I think that would be cool. We, we got to make it happen. We can't have you you wishing you're going to get this thing and me hoping that I'm going to get a truck soon. Like we're just we're <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah. I actually own I own things though. You well, you do now <laughs> currently. Yes, uh, n- none of the good stuff runs, but uh, you know, yeah. we we gotta get. It. So that's the other thing. We gotta get on the F one hundred. We gotta figure that out. Well, well, let's talk about that next episode. But you know what? I'm looking around the the room real quick, and I I don't think we had a chance to do it at our party. Our buddy Clint. Mm-hmm. Came and he brought us these beautiful framed flags. Now, does that make you not hate him as much? I never hated him. Wow, come on now. I was. I might have been a little disappointed in him at, at because he scolded you. He did scold me several times, and I, I I chastised him in return. Yeah, and I think we're good now. And he brought us, he brought us a framed American flag and a framed California and a flag. Framed California flag. One for each of us. We got to figure out how to put it up in here. Well. As much as I want to put them up, and I, you, you know, I love Clint. He's a he's a rad dude, and yeah, you've had a chance to go wheeling with him. I spent spent many many hours with him. Yep, I think they would hurt the acoustics of our room. They might because we you spent a lot of time hanging a lot of tiles, foam these foam tiles, yeah, and these two very large flat surfaces that were donated Mm -hmm. very graciously by Clint. I think would hurt our acoustics. Well, we'll figure out. We got to find them at home because uh, these are awesome. And so, Clint, thank you on behalf of Lightning and myself. Where they are now. It's actually probably the best spot on for the, them. Yeah, but they're on the floor. Well, no, but they're they're angled up towards us. Yeah, if we, mm. we'll figure it out. Maybe okay. on the outside, coming into the uh, podcast studio, that would be great on the wall outside. So when you see it when you come in, that I uh, like. That might be kind of cool. That I like. All right. Uh, so before we end, what's new in trucks? I think we have a uh, truck review here from uh, Jason Gonderman from Truck Trend, who's going to talk to us about the new uh, GM three liter Duramax. Get a chance to drive it. <gasps> Not only did he drive the uh, three-liter uh, Duramax, the mm-hmm. new straight six that's in the halftime, he also drove the new Chevy Heavy Duty. Oh. So we should probably oh. call him and- uh, He I... can give us a real good A-B comparison. What do you think? Um, truck review? Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, wait, I'm not going to play until we get him on the on the horn. Hello. Mr. Jason Gonnerman, Lightning Holman, Truck Show Podcast. How's it going? Good. We uh, we want you to give us a truck review, but first we got to play your intro. Truck review. Yeah. Roll the colon dragon truck nuts. Uh, uh, oh, we supposed you to do that together? Yeah, you didn't do ah. Uh. Oh, I missed it. One more time. All right, Jason, All right, hang tight. Don't Jason, miss. you do too. Truck review. Yeah. Roll the colon dragon truck nuts. Wait for it. Oh, yeah, that's good. I didn't hear Jason. Jason, did you do it? No, no, no. I'm letting you guys have that one. <laughs> oh, See, bro. we haven't done this one in so long because we haven't had any truck reviews you lately. You were really rusty. Yeah, super rusty. Jason, is it true? Did you drive the new three-liter Silverado? That is, in fact, true. I did get to drive it. Wait, wait, Jason. Is it true that you drove the new Chevy Silverado HD? That is true as well. Okay. All right, well, all right. Well, Let's that, get that's to the start. bottom of it. Uh, so we just uh, announced recently uh, the three liter uh, has been rated at a industry best 33 miles per gallon highway on the two wheel drive, uh, 29 on the four by four. That's 277 horsepower and 460 pound feet of torque. And uh, Jason, talk about your experience behind the wheel with the half ton. This has got the 10 speed too, doesn't it? It does. This has the uh, light duty 10 speed. Okay. <clears throat> which makes the truck just fantastic to drive. That truck, as it is, is incredibly quiet and incredibly smooth. You would never know there was diesel under the hood. Is it is it too damped? I mean, is it is it because diesel guys kind of want to hear it? I think right. Don't you want to hear the turbo? Yeah, diesel guys do, but I don't know about diesel half ton guys. Oh, okay. If they want to hear the turbo, they're they're going to be disappointed with this truck. You you would never know it. 
There was a lot Literally of sound deadening. Uh, Jason and I had a chance. We were back in, uh, I don't know, Detroit during the snowy season. <laughs> I don't even remember what month now. And uh, we had breakfast with the uh, with the uh, Chevy PR team, and they brought out a heavy duty with camo and a light duty, both diesels. And we had a chance to hear it in the parking lot several months ago, and it was extremely quiet to the point where you didn't even know it was running. Not that quiet. I mean, you knew it was there, but you didn't necessarily know it was a diesel. I mean, it's pretty darn quiet. Really, the average person. Let's put it this way. You'll be able to go to your Wiener Schnitzel drive-through and order whatever you want, no problem. No shutting off the uh, the engine at all. They don't have Wiener Schnitzels back east though, so that's a problem. So you just go and have a Coney. <laughs> okay, is that where you go? And so tell us about the uh, your you know you, seat of the seat of the pants feel. Well, what's interesting about our uh, first experience with this truck is they actually had us go out and do a fuel economy challenge with the truck because we got to drive it before they announced the EPA number, so we didn't know it was going to be rated 33 miles per gallon. So the whole 40 miles of driving the truck up up and down hills and through valleys and through farm fields and in traffic was trying to achieve the best fuel economy number. So they basically had a hypermiling uh, competition. They did, which I'm pl- proud to say that I won. No uh, way. A lot of people are happy about that. Congrats. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm not happy because I want to know what the number is. Oh. 43.8 miles per gallon. Indicates. Wow. Wow. Indicated, so probably, indicated. still probably a solid 40, I would imagine. Yeah, easily a solid 40. Is that the lightest pedal effort you've ever put into anything in your entire life? It was excruciating. <laughs> <laughs> what was, excruciating. What was the fastest uh, that you got up to? Uh, 29 miles an hour. You said what, 29? The, 29. How many different vehicles either flipped you off, honked, flashed their high beams, or whipped around you? Uh, there were many, but the, the most notable was a person in an electric Nissan Leaf. Got very, <laughs> very upset. Oh, those darn Nissan drivers. <laughs> yeah. So how does this no. thing feel? Like, what's the story? We haven't been in. I mean, are we are, are we excited about it? Yeah, I, we're very excited about it. With the uh, best-in-class torque that it has and that 10-speed transmission, it is a blast to drive. It's very quick, very fast off the line. It, again, you wouldn't know it was a diesel. It feels like you're driving the 6.2 V8. They did a really good job with this this truck and this engine. I'm seeing zero to sixty seven point five to seven point nine seconds. So reasonably quick. Yeah, That's pretty good. It's not terrible, and it feels faster. Yeah, obviously the, the torque. Yeah, the torque pushes you back in your seat and yep. all that. You know what's interesting is when you look at the landscape of half ton diesels. The fact is, the Viamatori is at least ten years old. That started out as a project, I think, for a two point nine liter uh, Cadillac V six, and is now the eco diesel is where it's ended up in today's world. And the Ford Lion uh, diesel is a, probably about 10 years old. This is a clean sheet design. In fact, this is an aluminum head, aluminum block engine that has uh, cylinder liners. It's really lightweight. Um, Steel pistons or aluminum? I don't know what the pistons are, but it has the, the latest in technology. I, I have to think that General Motors has done some something great here. And if I don't know anything, I'm not saying that this is what's happening, but if you're looking at a engine family why would they go and do a clean sheet straight six design right so straight six have fallen out of favor a little bit because of packaging and crash protection things like that over time right now you're going to a straight six because you know they're perfectly balanced and to me it's like the proper engine i think that straight six is one of my favorite engine configurations but wouldn't it be interesting if the next generation duramax four-cylinder diesel in the colorado was off the same straight six but a four-cylinder version Hmm. Just chop a couple cylinders off. I'm I'm just saying that that would make a lot of sense as hmm. to why you would invest so heavily 
in a brand new engine platform. Sounds what, like you know something. I don't know anything. What do you think, Jason? <laughs> I think you might be onto something with that. I, I can't see a reason why they wouldn't, other than cost. See, because yeah. let's mm -hmm. figure, let's figure. So if if you have a three liter, right, divided by six uh, pistons, that gives you a half a liter per piston mm -hmm. or cylinder, rather. And so now if you have four of them, that's a two liter four cylinder. A two liter four cylinder with modern tech would probably with be turbo, a pretty right? nice. Yeah, of course, would be a pretty nice setup in a. Can you imagine Colorado. a two liter with no turbo diesel? No, like nobody's old rabbits. Yeah, you'd be can't like even an old rabbit. Yeah. But what if you had a, a a two liter aluminum block lightweight four cylinder diesel? For your midsize truck. Pretty sweet, I think. So I'd have to drive it. So I, I don't know. I can't imagine it. So I'm thinking that, you know, because I feel like the, the 2.8 Duramax is okay, but it's also older diesel technology. So GM may be restarting, you know, the race here mm -hmm. with what's capable in a light-duty diesel engine. Jason? I don't think I can say it any better. Okay. That seems like exactly what they're doing. They're the only company to offer an aluminum block diesel, which is revolutionary from an OE standpoint. You also had a chance to drive the heavy dues. I'm kind of curious what your take is on the 1500 versus the 25, 3500. Obviously, the cabs and interiors are the same, but there's a whole lot more in that HD. You and I got a sneak preview of it uh, before the embargo, quite, you know, uh, several months before it came out. I have had a chance to drive it out in the real world, not in a controlled environment like we did before. And what's up, by the way, with the top speed of the, the 3.0 at 105 miles per hour and then the heavy duty, I think, is in '98. It's all about speed rating on the tires. So you need to have a tire that has X amount of load rating, yeah. and with that load rating comes a certain amount of heat. Yeah. And so you have to have a tire that has enough longevity that isn't soft enough. You know, so you have to control the heat. You have to have the right compound to go fast. And then when you get to the longer wheelbase trucks that have two-piece drive shafts, yeah, you start at certain speeds. You know, depending on your you know gearing and stuff that drive shaft's moving real fast you start getting nvh and balance issues over you know 100 105 miles an hour so typically most trucks today are that they're capped out by tires or drive shaft uh, nvh and uh, i know it pisses a lot of the uh, the duramax guys off that they cannot go faster i mean you get bigger well, tires you end up going a little faster well, you but can, you get a speed limiter you can change that in certain things. No, not on the Duramax. You have to. On what Duramax? The L5P? Uh, L5P, the new one. Well, yeah. Somebody, it's will, gonna cost somebody you, smart will figure it out. Cost you six grand to do it. You got to get a new ECU. Hmm. Interesting. Well, this new truck will get you to 98 miles an hour a lot faster than the old truck will. Yeah. So that's <laughs> true. Uh, well, true. Well, but yeah, the new, the 2020s, uh, they, they did a great job on that truck as well. Looks aside, it's uh, not a pretty truck. But, <laughs> uh, I think many people, it, out, people out in the world will uh, agree with you. You know what, though? Yeah. Guys, they are selling as fast as the as, as dealerships can bring them in right now. I, I think that everyone was balking about how ugly it is, and guys just don't care. They want uh, what's I, new, and it's I new. wonder, because uh, Ram sales uh, outpaced General Motors in uh, Q2 of uh, last, uh, or the last quarter, Q2. I don't think it has to do with the, the looks I think it has a lot to do with Rams interior and the marketing. The word's out on the Rams interior. Well, I mean, and and also it has to do with the incentives and stuff. But the fact is, they're not selling as well as hoped. They're going to have to do some looks. Have a, looks have a lot to do with yeah, it. Yeah, but the High Country is cool and the Denali's beautiful. I think the High Country is going to uh, have a lot of uh, that grill will be seen on a lot of other trucks. Right. <laughs> yeah, and the GMC version is very classy compared to. Some of the lower end Chevys. The only thing I don't like about opinion. the uh, GMC version is the grill looks like a big giant molar. A molar? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, look at the GMC grill. It looks like a molar. Really? Like a tooth? A big tooth. A big yeah, I don't, I don't giant know. old tooth. Interesting. And well, with bling on it. So, Jason, compare the two. Like, compare and contrast, please. Yeah, why would you get a half-ton diesel versus a heavy-duty diesel? Oh, they're totally different customers. Just cruising to and from work, half-ton diesel's for you. 
if you need to actually tow or do work, HD is probably your your best money truck. Like if you're towing more than 10,000, 12,000 pounds regularly, you want to bump into the HD. But otherwise, they're totally different trucks for totally different uh, customers. What do you think about the uh, mirrors being divorced from the uh, from the A pillar? Same thing as the customers being divorced from this design. Well, <laughs> I, they're not happy with the with yeah, the mirrors but, either. When you drive it, and and I think Jason will agree, there's a definitely more visibility out that corner than there is with it on the on the door or on the A pillar. Yeah, yeah, you know they're they're not attractive, but damn, they work well. They're, yeah, it's a really good towing okay. mirror. And fun fact, they're the only brand that that towing mirror is standard on the pickup. All the other HDs is technically an option. And do you have the do you have the God view in both uh, both trucks? You know where you, you're looking yeah, down the cameras, on the truck, the yeah. 360. Yeah, available. Yeah, in the higher trims, and the the HDs have a pretty wicked set of um, towing features and cameras with up to 15 different angles. Yeah, and I think the, the uh, really cool invisible trailer. Invisible trailer is cool, and I believe you can add up to two auxiliary cameras ram you can just do one so if you have an enclosed trailer you can both watch your cargo inside and still have another camera at the back of the trailer oh so you can God. see behind it that's awesome what about the new 3.0 can i get the, the the trailering package any idea you can but but not as extensively okay it has most of the features but not all of them hmm. like you can't get the invisible trailer on the light duty what does your gut tell you how will this fare against the ford 3.0 it's a better engine in a newer truck, so it's all up to what the buyers are going to buy. In terms of, yeah, do you like the style? Is it doing what you need to? Because both yeah. the the Ford also has a version of the ten speed in it as well, but I'm wasn't super impressed by that setup. I, it feels like Ford is also not really promoting the three O as much as they should be. I don't know. I've heard from a couple of dealers that just said we're having some issues moving them. I, I don't know if that's true across the country. You've driven both, right? The Ford 3.0 and, and now obviously this one. And, and, and this one far superior in your opinion? Yeah, it's quieter. It's got more power. It's easier to drive. Better all around than the Ford engine is. Not so, that the Ford engine is bad. The Ford's still fantastic, but you can really feel the extra pound-feet of torque. Where does it, where does it come RPM. on? Because I'm seeing that you've got a, it was a 460 pound-feet of torque and it was at 1500, which is usually, you know, at a diesel you'd expect it, you know, 16, 1700, somewhere in there. It's a little, sounds a little low for the torque peak. Do you, do you, is it feel good down there? Sounds a little low for the torque peak. That's good. You want the torque peak mm, as low great. as possible. No, I'm just saying normally it's around 16, 1650, isn't it? Somewhere generally speaking with the big six liters. Yeah, but you're also looking at a six liter V8 versus a three liter V6, no, I, right? I, again, I, I am saying that they're apples and oranges, but I, I haven't driven this. So that's why I'm asking. You'll like it, it. How does it feel? Yeah. Yeah. If you've ever driven an electric go-kart, how they feel super fast off the line, that's where you want the torque lower in the RPM. That way you feel that quickness as you get into the throttle and get off the line. And in this case, the this engine produces 95% of its peak torque at just 1,250 RPM. So even lower than you're talking about. Oh, my God. More importantly, can you turn off the traction control and hang your tail sideways around corners? Yes, you can. <laughs> you Alleg got home allegedly. And, you got allegedly. home. Oh, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Not that he would know. Well, I, you know, Jason and I have gone on enough uh, uh, media drives together. I think we have a pretty good idea of what we're both always looking for. Yes, allegedly. Allegedly. So the more interesting stat is with this 2020 truck, the diesel upcharge. So if you go into it, the standard engine is a two-seven four-cylinder gas engine. To get the diesel, it's thirty-eight hundred ninety dollars more. If you buy one with a five-point-three-liter V8, it's only twenty-five hundred dollars more. Which is a, about, a bargain. About comparable to a six-point-two-liter gasser. Not a huge jump to get the engine. Where in the HDs, it's about a ten-thousand-dollar upcharge. It's a no-brainer, right? If you're a diesel guy, if you yeah. have the need, I don't know that everybody wants to have a diesel, but I think for people who do, then they it should. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they should, because they're wrong if they don't. 
Sure. They're also <laughs> wrong if they don't have a truck. Are you going to go get your uh, diesel Chevy? Touche. See you later. Gotta go. I'll see you guys. Great talking to you, Jason. Thanks for uh, walking us through the new uh, Chevy diesels. Yeah, anytime. All right. That was... Uh... Truck Review. Yeah. Rolling Golden Dragon Truck Mud. Here we go. Let's do it. Uh. Bye, oh. Jason. I think he hung up on he us. Hung up. He was bored with us. Did you sense that? That's just Jason. He's uh, he was just like barely words. hanging in there. He, he all of his um, uh, I guess you could say exuberance comes out in his written word. Yeah, not his verbal word. Okay. Well, <laughs> note to self: speed up in post. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Holman. You know it's been a minute since we've checked in with our listeners on the five star hotline. That's how I can tell we've been out of the studio for a while. Is we got a freaking ton of them. Oh come on and be part of the show. Call the five star hotline six five seven two zero five. Six one zero five. It's the five star hotline. Five star hotline. Holman, Jaboobly, it's your boy Jeremy uh, down here in Morgantown, <laughs> West Virginia. I just got back from the twentieth uh, annual Brockway Truck Show in Cortland, New York. Uh, a lot of diesels, a lot of cool stuff there. Old Detroit's and Cummins and Cats and you. Yeah, Pretty much anything you'd ever want to see. I just wanted to say I love the show. I of course I left you a five star review and uh, nice. Keep Thank on you. trucking. You guys have a good one. Keep on trucking. Jeremy. It says Jeremy from Morgantown, West Virginia. Thanks, buddy. Mm, appreciate that. Appreciate that. And uh, Jabubli appreciates that as well. <laughs> hey, Light Bright and Captain Embargo. <laughs> Light Bright and <laughs> yeah. Captain Embargo. That's our disco duo oh, name. That is. Uh, listening to your show today. While I was driving my Cummins Power Freightliner, uh, about like how to pay for your Gambler 500 Nissan Hardbody. I think you should go down to your local craft store, pick up a paint pen, design a truck show podcast slash Gambler 500 sticker, what? sell them for, I don't know, five bucks, and whoever buys one gets their name written on the sticker with said paint pen and stick it on the truck. And then snap a picture of it. I kind of like that, And actually. another idea, too, is trucks have lots of really cool big panels. Sell them to uh, guys that <laughs> yep. work on trucks that you talk to all the time. Sell them the side of your truck bed and tell them to give the truck a tune-up or build a full-body skid plate or slam it, whatever. And But, uh, you know, stickers are 5 bucks a piece. wouldn't take too long to get you 500 bucks for a hard body. Keep up with the great work. Love the podcast. Love the little songs and all that good stuff. And I'll talk to you all later. Uh, thanks. See you. Bye. All right. Well, this is Lightbright saying that uh, I like the sponsorship idea. Uh, I like that. This is Captain Embargo saying I like the sticker <laughs> idea. <laughs> Ooh, Holman, uh, I'm going to take a detour in the uh, in the middle of the segment for. Come on now, it's time to take a trip down Speedy Lane. We're gonna play an exhaust for you, and nope, we're not insane. Well, maybe a little. Know your note. Come on and cast your vote. Know your note. Get it right, and you can gloat. Know your note. Vroom, 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 vroom. So this is like a segment in a segment. Yeah, yeah. I'm, we're I'm, getting deep. Yeah, it's like when you're mir- when you're uh, wearing uh, mirrored sunglasses, and the cop pulls you over with mirrored sunglasses, <laughs> and then you have that never-ending reflection between the two of you. Oh and you my just, god! You're both mesmerized, and nobody gets a ticket. Yep, that's what's <laughs> happening right here. All right, here we go. Hey, Lightning and Holman, this is my pickup truck. Hello. 
Right, I'm going to pause it right there, Holman. Uh, I don't know. Do you know Do you know your note? I'm going to say it's some sort of a V8. Mm. And that would be the sound of a Chevy 5.7 Vortex. Yeah! Yes! There you go. Truck Show Podcast, what you said. <laughs> oh, we know who this is. Sorry, there's a plane that's overhead. It's really loud. I got a second job at a local community college. I walked up on, I would have sworn an S10, but it was a ombre at the end of the tailgate. An ombre. Didn't know what the hell it was. Found out very fast what it was. Let me tell you, there's a lot of uh, people who can do this. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Glendale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, Matt so, from Baldwin Park. Uh, Matt from Baldwin Park. I, I don't have any clue what you're saying to me. <laughs> you just said a bunch of words that mean n- <laughs> less than zero. Okay, here's the deal. Yeah. He walked up on a truck. He walked up on a truck, and there was something on the tailgate that confused him. Right. It said ombre. Ombre. Right. But it looked like a S10. Okay. For a short amount of time, Isuzu had GM build their truck for the U.S. Okay. Because they share the platform overseas. And the the last S10 before it became a Colorado. Was called an Ombre? They had a version, an Isuzu version of it called an Ombre. Huh. That was sold in the U.S. So look it up. Isuzu Ombre. Wish he could have just said, hey, guys, I saw an Ombre. What is the story? <laughs> you know that's not how Matt from Baldwin, <laughs> Baldwin just, Park rolls. No, he just not at all. <laughs> Ooh, Holman, another uh, Know Your Note. Here we go. Here we go. Know Your Note. All right. It's your turn to guess. All right. Oh, come on. There's only one thing. I mean, that is digitized and muffled as all hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's only one thing that could be. My it's insides. It's a ram. It's gay. Yeah, yeah, it's a 5.9 or 6.7 Cummins. My, my insides are, are shaking right now <laughs> just from hearing that. Lightning Holman. That was a 2007 Dodge yeah. 5.9 Cummins. There it is. Uh, and then I also like the idea of the gambler run with a hard body, the skid plate. So. <laughs> I think a Venmo is a good setup, and do it tiered, almost like a Kickstarter. Don't need to send them out. Maybe get those stickers out for that. Get your name on the car, something like that. So good luck with the ideas. Hopefully that comes together, and we'll see how many engines get submitted. Have a good one. Dude, all right. I'm all over this. I think we just do it. We It's like sponsorship, you know? It's uh, Ted Smith from Oregon, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's not like... <laughs> I, I want company. the bumper. Yeah, right, right, right. It's not- Ooh, wait, what if we assigned a value to each of the panels? I don't know. That's a lot of work. How about you? No, it's not. We just go like, hey, let's front right quarter panel <laughs> is five hundred bucks. Yeah, five hundred bucks, and the know. the bumper is right. eighty bucks. Maybe. No, Maybe. you're not feeling it. No, no, no. I'm just. I I have to figure out. You know, who has room to store another truck at our at our homes? Mm. I'm fresh out of space. I could store it at work. Okay. I could. All right. Yeah. That might be a possibility. Lightning Holman. It's Trevor. I got a super easy one for you. You just got to guess the truck. Oh, 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 hold on. Uh, here we go. Know your notes. Okay, here we go. Not an exhaust notes, just the sound of the motor starting. And I feel like I'm going to give you two. I'm going to call back and give you a second one. If you can't guess these two, I feel like you can't even be a truck enthusiast. All oh, right. No, oh, wow. no. Ready? And the pressure. Well, that was insanely Bonus. hard to hear. Yeah, super quiet. Well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Back up here. You got to at least put that phone by the engine, dude. Hang tight. Let's do this again. I mean, I, I can barely hear it. Bonus so, points if you guess the displacement. 
All right. Next one coming up. All right. I mean, we come. Up, we're losers. I don't. Well, I, mean, I, I well, can't hear it. Maybe we hear the next one. We can figure okay. out the first one. All right. All right. Here's round two. Bonus points on this one if you could identify what's wrong with it. Also, what's wrong with it is a uh, telltale sign, sound-wise. I think it will give it away. All right. You ready? Number two. Good luck. If you don't get it, you got to... Well, okay, come on. You can't even do it. Yeah, I can't hear anything. What are you doing? Come on now. Oh. Get out of the car and hold the phone or whatever you're recording the audio with uh, oh. by the engine or the exhaust pipe or whatever. Uh, Trevor. Trevor. Come Trevor. On. Trevor's we like want to play along, fans. but like, this is not, that's not fair. All right. What if... Does he call us and tell us what, what's... No. No, 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 no. I, I want no, this do, to be a we, mystery. Do we know? We don't know. Because I bet I could go on his Instagram and figure it out. I don't want you to. <laughs> okay. No, no, I don't want you to. Right. I, I want him to call back with with and hold the phone. Yeah, do it again, Trevor. Or his vo- voice notes, whatever, and record next to the engine or the exhaust pipe. So we can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Homer and Lightning, this is for the exhaust portion. Uh, I have a... Oh, oh, shoot. He's about to tell us what it is. Like, it'll work? Uh, well, mm. Mm. 96. Pick up. Yeah. Help. Help. Sounds good. It's a uh, 96. So what is it? That's going to be a GM something, right? Yeah. Mublock? Yeah. And that would be a 5.7 liter Vortec with yeah. 240,000 miles. 240,000 miles on it. Yeah. Wow. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, you did know your notes. Okay. Lightning. I'm sorry. Coleman, lightning. <laughs> uh, Declan. I'm in the 2020 GMC 66 Duramax. I haven't driven it. I can't. Because no one in my family owns one. I'm just sitting inside it right now at the county fair. This thing f***ing sucks. I'm Declan. Right now, Declan. I don't give <laughs> So if you're from here, that's what I'm starting off with. It's not a big thing that people think about. But it's as small as my brother's. <laughs> Declan, dude, watch your language. Like, how you expect that to be like an actual mirror? Like you can bear, it's so tiny. The fuel gauge, the oil gauge, like it isn't actually a gauge. It's just a little tiny dial. Nothing. There's the only real dials on this are speedometer and RPM. And speedometer, they have it going to 140. I can guarantee you this truck doesn't go to 140. <laughs> I have been in a 140 mile so, an hour stock truck though. So yeah, but th- this this truck is uh, speed limited to 98. Uh huh. So 140. It, nope. It, nope. Ain't happening. Not close. The speed limit's 55 miles per hour. You are stuck because it goes every 20. You are stuck between 50 and 60, and you are. That's my truck review. I'll give you more later. Peace out, guys. 100 stars. I don't know. I've called so many <laughs> times. See you guys. <laughs> Declan, Dude, Declan, you clean up I mean, the mouth, buddy. What, what happened there? What happened? I mean, you just... were like our wholesome uh, kid on the East Coast, and uh, but now uh, you're swearing like a pirate. So how? Declan is how old again? Fourteen. He's Fourteen. Dude, Declan, Declan cut it with the f bombs, <laughs> yeah. bro, bro. Dude, we Come don't we don't even use that many f bombs in our daily lives. <laughs> Declan, we lo- we love your uh, pissed off fourteen year old. <laughs> we 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 love your uh, reviews, but dude, cut out the language. You don't need to work blue, friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my gosh, man. Right. 
I feel dirty now. I feel like <laughs> I feel like Declan's gonna get like a, a bar of soap in his mouth at home or something. Do you feel like at some point we're going to get a call from his parents? Yes. That are like, You're egging on my son. Yes. He doesn't ever talk like this. Yes. He calls you and leaves nasty messages. <laughs> Except for the fact that we bleep everything on this show. Yeah. And and we have a bleep quota. Uh, there's only so many bleeps we're allowed before the bleep machine runs out, and I think uh, Declan <laughs> ran through our bleeps. I didn't know that we had a bleep machine. <laughs> yeah, it's over there in the corner. Needs it's to like be a gumball machine. Yeah, exactly. Just, yep. Once the uh, the quarters are full, no that's, more that's gumballs it. I, come out. I don't think we have any more. So uh, let's go to some clean emails. All from right. Here. You email. Yeah. All right, let's start this one off with uh, Chris from Missouri. Just make sure there's no swear words in it. Yeah, I don't see. I'm just scanning it now. I, I think we're okay. All right, so dear Holman and Lightning. Now you got that backwards. It's Lightning and Holman. I just want to say I love the show. The jingles are freaking awesome. F the haters. And you guys have one hell of a good program. Uh, thank you very much. Appreciate that, Chris. The main reason for this email, though, is I wanted to let you know that I'm once again the owner of a real truck, a 1994 Ford F-150. Yeah. The truck is a regular cab short bed, two-wheel drive with a five-liter V8 and nice. OBS, automatic baby. that I jokingly refer to as the poor man's lightning. I sold my two. I'm the poor man. I was going to say you're the poor man. I sold my 2001 Pontiac Firebird and my 1984 Chevy Caprice wagon and his mullet and (laughs) and purchased the truck. And I will be using the excess funds for maintenance and hopefully some mods down the road. I also have a 1969 Ford Ranchero with a 351 Cleveland that me and my dad built and that I absolutely love. And so now the way I see it. I have one and a half trucks, so keep up the great work. And of course, oh, I can't do it here. Five stars. We're not supposed to do no, the high five. That's not a review. That's, yeah. your, that's your rule, right? Well, I, I put up my hand and then I put it down because we're not supposed to high five. Yeah, yeah. yeah but that's... he says uh, five stars. Oh, and then he says, "Yeah, buddy, I like it." All right, so I got one here from Roderick Clark. Okay. Hey, Lighting and Holman, just finished the bonus episode and will now unpack my bag, feeling gutted. Looks like I'm not traveling to sunny California this week. Never mind. More time to work on the truck. I believe uh, Clark is saying he did not win the deck contest. Oh. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Uh, He says, uh, speaking of which, I'm not sure if you're aware, but Warren Customs will be building a Fall Guy truck now that the Kibbe Lee's completed. Since you are fixated with my decade of choice, you should be giving Nathan a call and see if he'll come on in a future episode. Would be great to hear from him about projects past, present, and future. So on the Fall Guy truck, I Mm -hmm. got some information for you guys. Okay. Uh, Through our friend Tim Allen. Who's mm-hmm. one of our first listeners? He oh, gave, he gave, gave us the ant farm. Correct. For our last studio because uh, we were covered in ants. <laughs> yes, we were. And not chocolate covered ants, nope, just ants. disgusting ants yes. everywhere. Do you remember that time the one was uh, on the uh, microphone itself and we almost breathed it in? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he located through a friend. You're not going to tell me the Fall Guy truck. The original Fall Guy drum, uh, mid engine jump truck. Oh, oh, wait a minute. I'm in contact with the owner right now. I didn't. Did we know that there was a mid engine yes. version? Yes. We did. Yeah, because they blew through so many trucks from crashing them and nosing them into the ground and weights in the back that they built a mid-engine jump truck, and we found it. Okay. Wow. So just stand by. Yeah. There's, there's well, fall, I, fall I, guy I, stuff I'm, coming. I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, right. so anyway, uh, and then apparently uh, Warren Customs is also doing like a fall guy kind of tribute truck. So we may have, I might be able to piece together a fall guy episode. A fall guy episode? We've been promising that since like episode two or three or something. Uh, no, it was later than that. 
five. But if fine, whatever, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. I w- remember how at the very beginning I thought that no one cared. Right. And now it turns out that everyone Everybody cares. Everybody cares. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. It sucks to be wrong. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what I'm, look, I'm trying to be hey. a big man and own up to it. I'm not big at all. What? Uh, what's it feel like? <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> sucks. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm tracking down three angles. I'm tracking down the shop who's building one. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, Corn Dog, Kibby's buddy, mm-hmm. will have some sort of uh, be able to get him on. And the guy who owns now, and Corn knows Dog the was, but he was the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, well, but he knew all sorts of stuff. Yeah, but he apparently knew about the uh, the Fall Guy history. All things eighties vehicles. So we're we're working on it. Okay. Things are slowly coming together. Okay. So uh, Clark also says, "Are you guys still working on a tow episode, or are you just teasing us for the big reveal in episode one hundred? I don't think we're ever going to do a tow episode. No, no, no. I already have people lined up. You, <laughs> you've been saying that since yeah. episode one. I know. So here's what I think we're going to do. The problem is a lot of the towing people I want to talk to are on the East Coast. So I think what we're going to have That's to do- That's a ridiculous excuse. No, but hold on. I think we're going to have to record them over a few different weeks and then put them together in one show. There are plenty of people that know towing that are on the West Coast. Uh, I know, but people who make giant trailers with 35,000 pound weight carrying mm-hmm. and the National Trailer Association, they probably have some- one of our OE partners, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll uh, work it on it, work it on it. I don't believe you, but okay, I will cre- uh, I'm happy to keep the dream alive. <laughs> Says, I also won't remind you about the shirt. After all, it's not even been a year of waiting. <laughs> well, then- uh, Now, we do have we a couple of shirts here on the casting left. couch. Yeah, we do. Should we mail those to anyone? Uh, should we just let I them mean, sit here? We should just let them remind us how uh, big of jackasses we are. <laughs> Uh, and then he also says, thanks for the juicy burnout clip. Made my day sitting in traffic, but hey, five times was plenty. Don't spoil it. <laughs> Keep up the great work. And that's uh, Rod from Germany. And Rod, uh, you're an expensive T-shirt to ship, my friend. So when you come back to the U.S., if you ever do, uh, hit us up. We'll get you a shirt. It would be less expensive for us to sew him one by hand Yeah. than to mail it to him. All right, this one is titled Bummer from Thomas Atwood. Truck show. I got to say, I was bummed out that I couldn't make it up to the meetup. I was at a family party down the street in Redondo Beach wearing my TSP shirt and everything, uh, but just couldn't slip away. Oh, well, I'll just have to wait for the 1,000 five-star party next year. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to ever get to that point, hey, but it would be nice. We're way over 600. Are we really? Yeah. Over 600? Yeah. Five-star reviews? Uh, 600 total. 600 reviews. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, okay, so I've got a question for Lightning because he mentioned that he moved. Did you get a bigger garage this time? Eh. Oh, geez. No, that is a big ol' <laughs> Nope, single car garage. Because I have an old Long Beach single car garage and it sucks. So that makes two of us, my yeah. friend. No way I can fit a Gladiator in there, which, by the way, I can't wait for the new Diesel Gladiator review. Keep up the awesome podcast, you guys. Thomas A. Very cool. Uh, your single car garage is smaller than the single car side of my three car garage. Yeah, it sucks. You know, what? I, I think, and I'm being honest here. I'm not. I'm not being uh, facetious. I'm. I'm. I'm not being sarcastic. Um, it bums me out on the inside that you have a one car garage. It bums me out on the outside. <laughs> and here is why I did what I did. My, I have two sons. Yeah, and one was going to a high school down. But the only street. one of them that you claim. Uh, correct. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so the other one was in high school and the other one was junior high and middle school. And the middle schooler, uh, when he went to go to get into ninth grade to join his older brother in the high school, they said, oh, we're we're full. You need to go to another high school. And we said, but the older kid is going to this high school. We, so we want them my to be young, together. We want them to be together. And they're like, sorry, impacted. Can't, no can do. Right. 
And we said, well, and they said, you you live out of sight of this this footprint of this school. By literally hundreds of feet. By one block. Yeah. And they said, we cannot bend the rules. After weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of lobbying the school district and everyone at the school, I got nowhere. And I said, F you, I'm going to buy a house. In the in the school in the in, in the footprint of the and school, I, and you did it. I'm and proud I of you. I did. Yeah. But the problem is, is the two car garage houses. There are no three car garage houses in this section of Long Beach unless they were customized. Yeah, it's all uh, uh, post war stuff. It's, it's all everything was built in 1953, yep. and they're all these tiny little Cracker Barrel houses. So I I bought a single car garage. And now here here's the upside. The reason I bought this one. Yeah. It has a three car driveway. It does. So you can park. I can park three cars yeah. in the driveway, but I can only For fit one zero inside. cars right. inside. Which helps you on street sweeping day, It is, which is a thing, by the it way. It is a huge <laughs> thing. It is yeah. huge suck-ass I thing. I widened my driveway so we could fit an extra car in there. Street, street sweeping yeah. day because I always have weird stuff. You know, I might have that is why car this or... guy I bought the house from had a like lowered six series BMW and a lifted Toyota truck. Oh, did he did he re angle the driveway apron so that you wouldn't scrape your no. mini because the six series was so low? Nope, he didn't. Oh, so you scrape no. every so, time. You but go I am going to jackhammer out the apron uh-huh. and I'm going to widen it. And because uh, I was told the city wouldn't care because oh, it's got a it's got a crack in it already. Uh-huh. So I'm going to. If I do it, they're like, oh, freebie. The guy's doing it himself. You hope? <laughs> I hope, yeah. So I'm going to widen the apron. I, would, I don't know if I would uh, announce that to code enforcement over the air. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they Well, I'm redoing their street for them. Uh, you don't think, you, I don't to know. To their specs? To their I, guy? Yeah, I think so. Know. All right. I mean, they say that it's got, yeah, I, right. I don't know. Well, That's what my contractor said. There's one dude listening who works for Long Beach Code Enforcement <laughs> who is looking you up right now. <laughs> I'm not going to do it out of spec. Should we give him a hint? It's north of the 405. <laughs> <laughs> it's north of the 405, yes. Oh, oh so thing. yeah, dude, uh, it, uh, it sucks giant donkey balls to have a single car garage. I will tell you that. Because my dream has always been to have a big three-car garage like yours or mm-hmm. larger. And I want, not only do I want a three-car garage, I want it to have rafters so I can put yeah. all the stuff above Mine it. doesn't have rafters because the second story is above my three-car garage. So yeah. I'm limited in how much up I can do. My old house had an attic above the two-car garage, yeah. which was super helpful. So you have no up. I have no left, right, yeah. depth, up, yeah. down, I, sideways. I, I got I, nothing. I've got front and back, side to side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I got no up. Uh, all right, I got one uh, here from Philip, and he says, hey, Holman and Lightning. That's right. Just finished up episode 77, and after hearing Lightning's various rants on this episode, I think you all need to hit up DJ Omer Khan to put together a new segment just for Lightning's rant. I've already got a title, Lightning Strikes, and a few topics listed below for your consideration. Uh, a segment called California Pompousness. Well, but what would we do in that segment? Well, I, I wouldn't be railing against people who were pompous i'm not sh- i'm not sure how this okay all right so you're, you're not a fan okay all right no no, no. Wait, I, wait, I, wait. I love that there's he's more. on board oh, hold on no, keep going Ooh, there's more okay uh can you hear me now a microphone level update <laughs> <laughs> mini cooper ownership and you nope <laughs> I, I like that i'm not, not participating not in that segment uh friendship with special guest emmy hall <laughs> <laughs> i like that i like that friendship uh seen not heard a fan rant Seriously, I've never heard the fan, but heard Lightning mention it more times than I can count. 
A lot of people have mentioned that they say, I can't Can't hear hear the the fan. fan. And when you talk about the hiss, I can't hear the hiss. When you talk about uh, some sound effect not working. I can't can't hear Holman. No. (laughs) And yet here I am and I I hear all of it. Yeah. You're a tortured uh, tortured human. Sorry. (laughs) All right. uh, The workplace that shall not be named. I've heard less about this place than the fan from above. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, here's a a, a subtopic or or a, uh, a segment. Chewing. <laughs> chewing, chewing. Is that because? Oh, because of my workmate who chews, and I can hear him. Uh, well, or from, we, or from when like you, eighty feet away, you chew on the show, and I can hear you. Well, yeah, but I You've did gotten that lazy for, over but the I couple did episodes. that for comedic sake. Uh, okay, chewing in in parentheses a comedic segment, right? Okay. <laughs> how about the Lightning Center for kids who can't write good and want to learn how to do other grammar stuff good too? <laughs> no, I've seen that bit and I don't like it. Okay, how about this one? Headlights. See what I did there? Did you see yeah, that? I did. See yeah, headlights. Yeah, now you're going to get my blood boiling. Okay, all right. <laughs> Whiteboard wangs with exclusive artist Holman. White what? <laughs> Whiteboard wangs. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the last one, did you hear, but it's embargoed. <laughs> embargoed. Yep. He says, uh, but seriously, much love for Lightning. He's got good questions. Keep sound quality as high as he can. There's some terribly produced podcasts out there. You guys have made me an elitist. A great sense of humor. And I, for one, would love to hear about what Banks is doing these days. For example, I have a 2018 GMC Canyon Duramax, and I hear there are some goodies coming out for that truck soon from Banks. Uh, I believe you guys teased some of that. I right? don't know anyone that works there. Okay. I mean, I know Gail. Yes, yeah, so I, uh, okay. I, I, I wouldn't know what he was talking about. I believe I saw a video about it. <laughs> uh, keep up the good work, and here comes the sound bites in rapid succession. Are you ready, oh, Lightning? Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, first one. Five stars, stars and mounted parameters. Monitor, parameters. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Five star review. Five, Five star review. And that's from our friend and listener, Phil. Phil, Well done, Phil. Thank you very much. Holman and the guy that works at Banks. (laughs) From Sean, he says, uh, Hey guys, uh, Sean checking in again from Central Ontario, Canada. Lightning, what is with all the old muscle truck hate? First off, not liking the wheels on the Motorator's first-gen Lightning, and then once again hating on the stacks on that little Red Express truck. What gives? Not everyone can be into bro-dozing lifted doolies. <laughs> By the way, still waiting for a T-shirt from my first email over a year ago. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Keep up the great work. And just had to break Lightning's balls. Okay, so here's the thing uh-huh. is that I'm not one that is big into nostalgia, so at first I look at the the little red what the hell was it called the wagon. little red wagon yes right and I see the stacks and they're to me they're not immediately like oh wow those are cool immediately those are oh wow that's the lamest thing I've ever seen and then over a course of a few minutes hours I warm up to them and I go okay now I get it I it's it's the ridiculous lame factor comes back around into a warm and fuzzy, and now I like them. And the same goes for, well, no, is the it, same does not go for, for so is Matt D'Andrea, Matt, Matt D'Andrea has the lightning, and his wheels are awesome. just ugly. They're no, just ugly. But not for that time period. You, they were you ugly know then. The context. No. No, that's no, not No, they true. were unbelievable. To me, they were yeah, ugly then. No, back then, those wheels back were then, back, They I, were 17s, which nobody had. Back then, I'm going into the future and, get, and buying a set of American forces. And I'm putting them, <laughs> I'm going back in time and putting them on. <sighs> I'm not, I wouldn't do forces. I'm kidding. But 
those wheels are those perfect just those gray the, yes. silver yes. wheels five spoke are, twisted not, turbine no no yes they didn't know yes they, they were did awesome not in look the day. good they did uh, they were amazing in their day no, they were dated the day they came no, out. No, they weren't. Yes, no, they were. No, they were on a square body Ford that had Alcoa 10-hole wheels. Everything That was the upgraded wheel or the chrome steel five-spoke, and they said, we're going to put a twisted turbine-style five-spoke 17-inch wheel on I'm not critiquing Ford for putting them on there. I think it was all good that they went to the most Listen, advanced wheel they could go, find. Go look at a Chevy 454 SS from that era, and what's the wheel on there? It's but a here, chrome steely. I get it. There's I get nothing it. special. But I can't, I can't disregard current styles. I can't separate it out. That's that's my okay, problem. So essentially, is that, you can't own a vintage car. Uh, that's no. There are some wheels on vintage cars that are okay. Okay, so it comes down to the wheel the vintage vehicle came with that is going to be the determining factor of whether or not I, you I like look, it or not. A wheel is either attractive or ugly. And those were not my well, cup of by, tea. By the way, podcast hosts also fall in the same categories. I Most of them ugly that. because I get that's it. why we're on audio. I look at I look at me every day in the mirror and I'm like, damn, Whoa. I wish I could do something about that. <laughs> no. So for all you people who've been wanting video, now you know the reason why we don't do it. <laughs> so listen, I love Matt. I love his truck. I do. I, I'd, I'd swap the wheels. And there are some guys that are yeah, but those wheels, period perfect. Here's and, the problem. Yeah. Those wheels came on nothing else. Though it's not like they said, here's a cool set of wheels from another truck, or you could get these wheels on two or three different trucks. No. Those wheels only came on the Lightning, and they were the only wheel available, and only on that body style. It doesn't make them less ugly. It's just that those two things go together, like peanut butter and jelly. That's just how it is. If you took a Lightning and then took those wheels off of it— yeah. It wouldn't be a lightning. It would you know, be an F one fifty. Hold on, listen. Well, I'm going to dial it back. I'm going to dial it back a little with bit with different wheels. They're on not it. ugly. They're just, they're just not. They just don't strike me. That's fine. Was that a pun, by the way? No. <laughs> I mean, see, lightning strikes. Um, they, because uh, they're they're not they're not butt ugly. Uh, I think uh, I went too far to make a point. Here, I, they're but, but, just but, not. I they're can't. not your cup of tea. They're not your jam. I got it. But here, the thing is, is that in that vintage on that vehicle. There were no wheel options. There was nothing else available. That wheel showed but up you're nowhere. Rationalizing else. all the wheels that were made then and how those wheels were no. put on that vehicle. No, no, no. But I'm saying over time, I think those wheels have held up well. I think it's still a cool looking wheel. And knowing the history of that truck, it's what makes that truck badass. Because if you had a different set of wheels on the truck, you wouldn't know it was lightning. Because they have an air dam and some body colored bumpers and some I, stuff like that. I get it. I, I true. I un- hey, look, there goes an OBS Ford. The short, words short bed regular cab with wheels on it. The words that are coming out of your mouth yes. are being absorbed. They're being processed uh-huh. and understood. And so by the next episode, yet, we will re- we'll see if any of that came out. In yeah, the, uh, and yet I I can't okay. I can't like them. All right. Send your hate mail, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, I think it's time for us to- uh, I don't hate everything. Take take the show- I love his truck. Just don't like the I wheels. think we should end the show before we take it off the rails. That's all I'm saying. We, we, we've we long since gone <laughs> off the rails. This show covered literally everything on, in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. We oh went all over the place. Lord. Uh. All right, well, uh, I would prefer not to read any hate mail, but if you want to send one to us, it's truckshowpodcast at gmail.com or send us a five-star review via our voicemail. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, 657-205-6105 if you're looking for uh, that place to send your uh, hate voice. <laughs> your hate voice? Hate voice. Uh, also, don't forget to check us out on our socials. 
uh, Facebook and Instagram at Truck Show Podcast or that favorite uh, favorite one Twitter that has like sixty people. Why do you at keep Truck bringing Show. up Twitter? No, at Truck Podcast. I be- I know it's it's like your because ongoing joke, but I'm begging you not to mention Twitter. But we have I want 60 them to go people. To, listen, More I want them 60. to go to Instagram. Right? At Truck Show Podcast. At Truck Show Podcast or Facebook at Truck Show Podcast. You know what? I thought we were super smart mm-hmm. because when we came up with Truck Show Podcast, we stole all of we made sure like everything was available socially. That was one of the reasons, right? Right. We had it on Instagram. Except for Twitter. Because it was one character too long. All right, exactly. <laughs> but I, I, I no. Oh, Twitter sucks. Just stop it. I know. I hate it. Instagram. And here's another good thing about Instagram. When you go to our profile, there's a email button or a call button and right there on a profile. Yeah. At Truck Show Podcast on Instagram. Leave us voicemails. Yeah. Let us know what you thought about the show. I mean, we talked about flat fenders and we talked about no. diesels. And we no, talked no, no, about no, no, no. Engines, I don't want your review on this show. Gambler. I'm not proud of the about, show. Uh, Ultimate I, Adventure. Holman. And we talked Holman. about vacation. Stop. And submarines. Not uh, very proud of this men show. And women in the uh, Navy. I am. This show no. is awesome. This show had a lot of suckage in it. No, this it show sure is amazing. Did. No, there's going to be people who are like it's Monday morning. They're going to wake up and go. Oh, got to commute. Oh, good. I got a truck show podcast. Oh, my gosh. I've been enlightened by all these different topics I didn't even see coming. I love the truck show podcast. You think by so? By the way, we're changing, our, uh, we're changing our slogan. Our slogan now is lifted, lowered, and everything in between. Yeah. We're changing it to approximately 80% truck. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think that flies? No. No, I don't think Nissan's going <laughs> to resign if it's just approximately 80% truck. <laughs> well, I I mean, that's, you know, I think people, they like that we go off the rails and talk about fun stuff. It's cool, right? Huh. I hope so. NissanUSA.com. <laughs> Check out that uh, new Titan, a Frontier, NV van. Uh, How about that warranty, ladies and gentlemen? Five-year, 100,000 miles. How about that warranty, the, uh, little Jordan? Titan. Yeah. yeah. All right. And also our <laughs> friends over at Decked who put on one hell of a killer party with mm-hmm. us. Decked.com. And uh, what do you think? Will we be less rusty next week? (laughs) Seriously, though, Uh, welcome back. This one has been hard. That's what she said.